This is the Roar of the Lions UK podcast, the podcast where six random guys from around the British Isles get together to talk about anything and everything Detroit Lions. My name is Anthony Fitzpatrick. I'm joined by my co-host this evening, Ryan McCluskey, which can only mean one thing. It is Wednesday and we are here with another installment of the college football podcast. Ryan, how how go things this week? Yeah, good, yeah. No, uh... I'm slowly getting back to work now. I've been in the office for a few half days. So the sun's out, everything's shining. Hank's out in the garden. Like I say, everything's it's nice. Like I say, it, it feels very spring and very, very summery almost. <laughs> Speaking of Hank, how, how how did his injections go last week? It was good. Yeah, he was very needy and a bit bit sickly, but no, that's fine. I think he's got worse to come with the rest. Oh, bless him. I know uh, that first trip there is always a bit of a daunting one, but as long as he's got through it all right, that is absolutely fine. So, yeah, good good for Hank. Right, um, as I say, this is the College Football Podcast. Um, we're going to be taking a look today. We're focusing solely on Pro Days. Obviously, Pro Days, the last stop on the path to the draft. The draft is now only 36 days away. And I don't know about you, Ryan, but after all this stuff with Malik Willis, etc., and now we're just getting everyone drafted to us, mocked left, right, and centre at number two. I, I'm ready for some uh, some finality to this, as opposed to hearing some of these crackpot theories about who we're going to be taking at number two. Yeah, I can't wait for the draft now, because I'm almost sick of Zephyr Sand my own voice, and... Like I say, there's, I've seen lots of people squabbling, arguing, and like I say, it creates mass hysteria, doesn't it, at the draft? Oh, I'm almost fed up of mocks. Even though they're all kind of saying the same thing now, they're just exhausting. I know. You think the number two pick's normally a really simple thing. There's usually a quarterback up there, usually some top prospect you can take, and you're all said and done, no arguments about it this year. It feels like there's about ten guys who we could realistically take at this position, and yeah, everyone's on their own little... Uh, bandwagon and they're all clashing together at the minute and it's just like yeah this 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 needs to get to fruition now um yeah um thanks for all who are joining us this evening um i am on twitch so dan i know last week i wasn't on there and i wasn't able to see your comments so if you are on twitch please do feel free to get in touch with us ask us your questions and that because aside from the pro days today we don't really have a lot to go on so if you guys out there could give us some uh, help as well we would appreciate that and then in the youtube chat friendly neighborhood lions fan is in the building he says what up what up doe to you thank you ever so much for joining us we really do appreciate it and ah, we have our third man on here as well hank is here to join hello there hank good to have you along as always so yeah we're gonna i'm gonna get i'm gonna get him some lions gear i've seen someone on twitter that has a seahawks jersey for their french bulldog so i'm gonna get him a lions jersey that would be amazing if anyone out there knows how to get their hands on some doggy lions gear let us know 
Hank is in need. We need to keep expanding the one pride over here. Not just amongst humans, but alongside pets as well. Um, oh, Dan is in the chat this evening. He says, hi, Ant. Hi. Hey, Ryan and Hank. Hello to you, Dan. Hi, Dan. Stay back. Good to join us as always. So, yeah, let's crack on. I believe, Ryan, last time we were doing this, we got up to about... Cause we did the podcast on a Tuesday last week, so my dates went completely out of sync. But as far as I'm aware, we made it up to the 15th of March last time. So, if you do follow our Twitter at all, you will see most days I put out tweets about what pro days are going on. And, um, yeah, uh, and which ones... Oh, sorry, I just had a phone call. Damn it, right, you can wait a minute. So yeah, we keep an eye on the pro days, what's going on, and we try to find where the Lions have been to maybe get a little feel just as to what the Lions are doing there. So we're going to dive down straight into it. So March the 16th, very busy day actually for the Lions. This one, some big ones knocking around. So the first one we had on our schedule was Colorado. Not the most glamorous or glitzy school in the world by any means, but the Lions did send some guys down there. The, uh, the guys on show, there was a... Defensive end, Mustafa Johnson. Offensive guard, Kerry Cooch. Tight end, Matt Lynch. Offen outside linebacker, I keep wanting to say offensive. Outside linebacker, Carson Wells. Inside linebacker, Nate Landman. Inside linebacker, Akeel Jones. But the guy who stole the show was actually one of the small school guys who came to join them because with sometimes with these pro days for the bigger schools, some of the smaller schools send guys in if they can't put on shows themselves and it was a defensive lineman from oh, I have to say the name of this Columbia State University Pueblo they play in Division 2 of college football a smaller school they uh, I think they just mix it up with Colorado when they do their pro days but this defensive lineman goes by the name of Ikina Onwuesoanya very long name it took me a while to learn that so this guy he's 6'1 297 pounds has an 80 Nearly an 81-inch wingspan, big for a defensive lineman. He bench-pressed 22 times. He ran his 40 in 5.12 sec seconds, which is not bad for a defensive lineman. He had a vertical jump of 35 inches, which would have been first amongst all DTs at the Combine. He jumped to 9.6 broad jump, which would have been second amongst all defensive tackles at the Combine. And he did his shortstop at 4.85, a really impressive performance by him there. I mean, my Colorado knowledge doesn't go too far, but I had a little look at this guy. He he is actually really good, and he's one of these guys who's got a real big chip on his shoulder playing in lower division football there, but were there any other guys you looked at there, or this one in particular, Ryan? Uh, Matt Lynch. Uh, Carson Wells, they worked out very well. Carson Wells is a big outside linebacker. Came in at just under six foot three and about 239 pounds. Uh, he tested pretty well as well. Like I say, he ran a 4.56 and then a 4.66. He had about 9 and 3 8-inch hands, so decent sizes. Like I say, it looked pretty good as a potential. Uh, they say he's thinking he's a top five round pick, so it could be someone that the Lions may look at in those day three rounds. So I think someone else. And Matt Lynch, the tight end. Like I say, he tested fairly well. He's a good blocker. 6.5, 240. Let's say a good arm size. Let's say not the cones weren't the best, but I think he's a fairly good athlete. So there's someone there that could do pretty well there. So they could have a, a fairly good draft class, but they didn't have the best year. But some of these guys actually look pretty good on tape. 
Yeah, they did. And I say, it's, it's sort of these intriguing guys who were here. And I noticed, especially the Lions, a lot of the places we've seen them go, some teams are not going. So they're really trying to look out the box here, especially when it comes to defensive linemen as well. I have a, a sneak feeling, if any, we're going to be taking a few a little further down the line, maybe in the 5th, 6th, 7th rounds or undrafted free agency there, especially if Key comes back after his little trip here the other day. Um, Arden Key, the guy from San Francisco. I think he's tried a few other teams out, but yeah, depending on what happens there, I think some of these DL guys you could potentially see coming a bit later on in the draft, but no, good to see that lines were there. It's like, say, some intriguing prospects. Um, we'll move it on and going from small school, well, we go to one of the biggest schools at all, the, the top bulldog, as you would call it this year, the guys who won the Natty, of course, we're talking about Georgia. Uh, I mean, everybody goes to this pro day. Overall, there were 122 NFL coaches, execs, and scouts on hand, which is an absolutely phenomenal number of guys. Given there's only 30 teams, even if you averaged it out between the four teams, they're all sending at least four or five guys per time. As it pertained to the Lions, we were no different. Chris Spielman... Our top dog in himself, he went down there to scout out the plethora of first-round talent that they have. And he took with him our linebackers coach, our newly promoted inside linebackers coach, Kelvin Shepard. Obviously, he got to do a lot of training at the Senior Bowl. He was taken down there. And actually, Shepard ran the defensive drills for the linebackers. And what's unusual in this is... He ran absolutely everything. Usually you'll have two or three guys who take different portions of it. They want to get their own things in there. But Kelvin's just like, nope, they're mine. I'm doing all the drills with them there. And I mean, for me, I, th I think, you know, you can say, you know, you can give odds and percentages about what schools you're going to draft someone from. But I think given this, given the seeming amount of interest we've had here, I think the odds of us drafting someone who was a Georgia Bulldog last year are, are pretty high. Well, 90% of them are defensive players. We've got 90% of defensive holes. So, a lot of averages with two first-round picks is we're going to be taking a Georgia Bulldog. And I've got my favourite. Like I say, he's got to be Lewis Seen. Like I say, he looks phenomenal. Great year. And he tested ridiculously well. I don't think I've ever seen a school get as many players in one class with a Raz over nine. There must be some sort of record because, like... 11 guys had like more than like an 8.99 score and i know that's just it's relative but it does say a lot about just the kind of athletes they get through there how incredibly well they are and i love kelvin shepherd he's so hands hands-on i'd say wanted all the drills i saw them on the bag drills where they were going back pedal across up and down he was getting really into them like i say and i think he commands a lot of respect like i say i think he's really good in places he looks like a potential defensive coordinator of the future so and if he's getting stuck in there chris spielman like I say former backer himself like I say it says a lot that we're sending our former defensive guys to go out there because it's no secret the lions need a linebacker and georgia have got three of them and a safety so i'd put my money on we're taking at least two players from georgia in this class before the third round if possible yeah, I, I, I'm fully on board with that one as well. I just think, you know, we've had some of them at the senior ball. We've had, you know, they've all tested ridiculously. There were 14 guys they sent to the combine, which I think is some form of record. Not often that you send that many guys out to a combine. Sometimes you don't even get four, let alone 14, and it's crazy. Um, 
like you say, signed. He's he's probably had the best off season of a lot of them. I get him all well. I guess outside of Trayvon Walker, but them two. I mean, Walker's now talked about as a possible number two pick. Signs now talked about as a possible round one pick. I mean, if anything, these are the two who've benefited probably the most out of the lot of them. Yeah, I'd say so. Uh, Pickens held his own stock, but I feel like other wide receivers at other schools have started to leapfrog him. And then some of the linebackers, people are questioning Nicole Dean, let's say, because of the height and the size. We spoke about the other day, Channing Tyndall has struggled to actually get on the field after a number of years, so he's only managed to himself start role. Key, Quay Walker, I'd say not massive experience, so there are questions about that. I'm not on the Travon Walker at two train, but I know people are. If you put him as an edge or if he's going to be a, an interior defensive lineman, it depends who you fit, where you set him up, what off defensive front you run. But now there's, I'd take, I'd take two players from Georgia in the first round. Like, see, if we trade back, if we can get an extra pick, extra third round, a firster, I'd be happy to take a number of combination of two of these guys because they're impact day one starters, and that's what we want. Coming from a championship-winning defence, so you've got the mentality in there as well. I mean, you mentioned N'Kobe Dean, there was the pectoral injury. He didn't run the 40, didn't do a lot of his drills. I know he did the drills, but outside of that, the athletic testing, he didn't do a great deal. Is his round one spot under threat, do you reckon, now because of that? Because, I mean, I think it is. There's a lot of guys who are pushing. Yeah. Especially now with all these crazy trades in the NFL for wide receivers, all of a sudden a lot of teams need wide receivers. And I feel like that's going to push some of these guys straight out of the first. Yeah, and plus the likes of the emergence of the guys like Leo Chanel. People are talking about the end of the first. The linebacker group is starting to heat up a little bit. You've got Chad Moomer, who's right at the top of the second. You never know if someone's going to try one that fifth-round option on him, but it could take him a bit too early. So I feel like, as a whole, these these Georgia linebackers, like you say, they're, uh, they're treading water right now. Yeah, absolutely. But the defensive linemen, they are sailing higher than I think even some of them might have imagined. But, yeah, there's going to be some cracking prospects come out of there this year. You mentioned... Pickens just there and his his falling stock a little bit. Dan's just asked us on Twitch, he says um, what wide receiver prospects do you like in the third and beyond if we get pushed out by Kansas City and Green Bay? Obviously the news today that Tariq Hill's gone to the Miami Dolphins Good, that came out of absolutely nowhere. I think about an hour from it being first reported to it actually happening um it was very short span of time indeed. So Kansas City, Green Bay, both now have two first-round picks. Both need receivers. Might end up making a run on them early. We can't get them anymore. Who are we looking back later in the draft if the worst comes to the worst and all the receivers go very early? I think in the third round, good value. Uh, you'll get Wondell Robinson, uh, Khalil Shakir, the uh, the boys' estate, and someone like maybe Dunterio Drummond. Romeo Dowbs as well, like you say, I'm pretty sure he's picked up a knock, so I think he'll slide. I think the third round is probably the ceiling for those guys that could be really good value. Yeah, I agree. Some good names there. And I'd add into that, if he slips somehow by any stretch of the imagination, if David Bell's there, then I'm taking him in round three as well. There's no reason he should be down there, but as you've said, the emergence of some of these guys is, is pushing people 
down the uh, the pecking order at the minute, especially you got your guys like Christian Watson. I mean, God, he's he, he's a good shout for a first-round pick now, isn't he? All these teams need receivers. He's one of the best. We could see the FCS guy go round one. Yeah, I've seen people saying they're worried that he's not going to make it to 34 and that he could be picked up at the end of the first. It's probably a little bit rich for my blood, but I can understand it. Like, say, he is... I've been a fan of him for like two or three years now, so I get why. I get if you want that fifth-year option as well, where you may pick, take him a pick or two earlier. But like I said, it's a deep pool of wide receivers, so be careful, guys. Don't don't blow your load too early. Like I say, I think he might still be there and start the second. Yeah, exactly. And like I say, the class goes deep. We found a guy in round four last year who was pretty damn good by all accounts. Don't need to spend a 32 or 34 if you've got the guy who can evaluate the talent correctly. But yeah, those are some of the names we'd look at there. Um, One Pride 40 has joined the chat on YouTube. Sup? What up to you? Thank you for joining us, sir, as always. Um, so yeah, the Georgia class was stacked. Everyone was there. The Lions sent two of their big defensive guns down there. So do expect them to... Uh, have some interest and don't be surprised if we draft a Bulldog in 36 days time. Um, moving on for Pro Days on the 16th, the next. No, oh, this one was very close to home, right next door. The, uh, the Spartans, Michigan State, they had their Pro Day in there. Obviously the three, the three main centerpieces, running back Kenneth Walker, wide receiver Jalen Naylor, and then tight end come offensive tackle, come fullback, come running back. Uh, Connor Haywood was there as well. I mean, between the lot of these guys, Kenneth Walker sat on all his results from the combine, which he has every right to. He was the quickest running back there. He tested crazily there. He just did his defensive drills. Um, Jalen Naylor and Connor Haywood, all they did in terms of the athletic profiles was the bench. Haywood had 18 reps. Naylor had just 14 reps on there. Obviously, they did their offensive and defensive drills respectively but outside of that there are a lot of free agent priority free agent targets there and the guy who really stood out there for Michigan State was their offensive tackle AJ Arcuri he had himself a day and a half he measured in 6'7 308 pounds uh, he did a 33.5 inch vertical which would have been joint first amongst offensive tackles at the combine Bench pressed 27 times and got a 9-foot broad jump in there as well. He did his prospects in the draft no end of good. Um, obviously not surprising that we're at state there, but um, what did you think to the guys' performances in general? I'm not surprised that a lot of them just sat on what they did. Like I said, they didn't want to risk injury. They didn't want to... Like I say, everyone wants to improve, but you certainly don't want to have a bad day and then... Uh, do worse than what you do, like I say. So a lot of people at their pro days, you'll see them do one or two things maximum. Like I say, the bench press, Connor here with 18, uh, it's not great. Like I say, for what, as a fullback, tight end kind of hybrid, that's not the best result. Jill and Neil, I'd say 14 is pretty good because he's not the biggest dude, it's skinny, like I say, but the offensive tackle, yeah, tested really well. 27 bench press, that is, that is incredible. That is some serious strength and more stamina. Like I say, so for an offensive tackle. And then the put that with the build as well. Like I say, that makes a very late round intriguing prospect. 
Yeah, I know when we had our friend from Standing Room Spartans on a few weeks ago, he was quite complimentary about him and his chances of maybe getting a priority free agent spot somewhere, and he's done himself absolutely no harm with his performance there. Um, one Brad is in the YouTube chat, he says, it looks like the pick at two will be Hamilton. Well, you, you know how to make my day, don't you there, One Brad? I damn well hope it is. Um, he follows up by saying, does Hamilton's 40 time concern you? No. Not, not not in the slightest for me. I mean, just watch his tape. His game speed is more than adequate. In fact, it's damn good. And as we've said on the pod, um, the way he's able to diagnose plays, be one step ahead of everyone else, his brain just gives him all the advantage that he needs on the football field for me. So it's, it's not really a concern there at all. I think it's just a detractor people are trying to use to go away from the safety at number two, which I shouldn't be doing. He's the best player there. We should take him. We've 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 long said that one. Um, and then rounding off. No, not rounding off. There's still a couple more. So finish out on the 16th. Uh, Minnesota also held their pro day. The Golden Gophers, obviously, the main attraction there. And we mentioned him on the podcast on Monday. Edge Boy Mafe. He had himself a day and a half. So he came in at six foot three, three quarters. In height, 257 pounds. Uh, his wingspan, 81 and a half inches. That's a hell of a one on him. He had a vertical jump of 41 and a half inches, which is pretty damn good. His short shuttle was 420. Didn't run the 40-yard dash or the three cone. He was chosen to sit on his times there from the combine. Um, he's had nothing but a sensational off-season, and he's really put himself into the play. Whereas going in the other direction. The big ginormous offensive tackle Daniel Falele. He's he's had a bit of a rough time of it. He only managed a 29 and a half inch vertical jump. His 40 yard dash time was 5.60, which is quite slow. And his broad jump was just seven foot nine inches. Um, yeah, uh, change of fortunes there. One guy really really blowing his stock up upwards towards the draft. Another he's. He's slipping. Offensive tackles, their 40 time, to be honest, it doesn't interest me. I don't care. Like It doesn't really matter. But to be that big and to only be able to jump 29 inches I, with the power and the thighs and the size to be no explosiveness there, that is really worrying. Because that makes me think about how well they can stand his ground when someone tries to bull rush him. Like How well can it anchor his base? Like say it's also struggling with the broad jump as well. Everything below the hips for an offensive lineman is key. You've got to be able to set yourself and prepare to meet something, generate energy or get swing or momentum. Like say that that kills. Don't matter how big he is, how big his hands are, the reach are that kills him. Stone dead in the water, no athleticism because that just means that he's a big old body, but he can be manoeuvred around. So. Like I say, that is a killer for Falele. But boy, my fair. He sat on what he needed to, proved on what he needs to. 41 inch vertical is fantastic at nearly 260 pounds. He weighed him really well. That is a really good weight for his size. Because we spoke about a few guys of the day that could do a few cheeseburgers, some of the edge rushers. They need to put a bit of weight on. Whereas this guy, I don't think he does. Like I say, he's carrying a good frame as well. So I think he's going to sneak into the end of the first a bit like uh, Jason Owen did. I'm just thinking now, cause obviously I'm, I'm high on him, 
Um, it's just the development aspect. He just needs to get a little more. Um, oh God, what is the word? He just needs to be a little more. <laughs> I've completely blanked out on this. He's got all the tools he needs to do. Consistency. There we go. There's the word. He just needs to be a little more consistent when he's on the field. But he has all the athletic tools. He has all the arsenal of pass rush moves. He has everything he needs. He just needs the right scheme. I mean, obviously if Hamilton's at 2, he's a prime candidate for 32, is he not? And obviously we've taken people there to see him. Obviously Minnesota's not too far away. But we've still taken the time out to go there and see him. I mean... He's got to be a serious consideration now, does he not? If you get if you got Hamilton at two, Maffey at thirty-two, and then give me a, a linebacker at thirty-four, I like I just turn off and be like, well, that's fine. I won't, I won't care what we did with our picks. I would be if those three were the first picks. Yeah, I I I I'd agree with you there. If we can get a good linebacker at thirty-four as well as Maffey at thirty-two and Hamilton at two. Draft one there. Um, Chrome is in the chat on YouTube. What up to you, sir? Thank you for joining as always. One Pride 40 goes, people don't want to take a safety because of positional value, but they're willing to take Willis, lol. Well, yeah, obviously Willis is technically positional value, but I don't subscribe to these ancient relic things. I think, you know, every now and then a player comes along who defies the rules. You can quite clearly see this player defies the rules. Don't stick to these rules when, you know, the obvious exceptions to them come along. Best player in the draft, he's there at two, you take him. You know, any other time, maybe not, but this guy is different. He's absolutely different, and you've got to take it there. So, so we, we play three safeties. A lot of teams don't have three safety packages, so surely yeah, you've got to apply some sort of factor to the positional value. Like I say, because safety is critical to our defensive scheme. So for me, that that kind of unsurps, that kind of outdoes the positional value. So it, it, it would be key. Yeah, and our defensive coordinator and our secondary coach, they're both former NFL defensive backs themselves. What better way to learn off a guy who's there? Load up on your secondary, whilst you've got the two guys there who are best suited to teach them because they've done it there themselves. Um Chrome goes, what if Lions got Hamilton and Lloyd? Defence would be way better. Yes, but that would require a trade back. Devon Lloyd does not make it to 32. Devon Lloyd probably doesn't make it out of the top 12, in my view. So, you're rinsing somebody and you're going back for them. So, But yeah, if we got Hamilton and Lloyd, I'd turn it off after day one, because we'd have won this draft utterly and completely. And, you know, you can't tell me otherwise there. Maybe I might even trade back up for Devin Lloyd. That's how much I like him. So, yeah, I agree, Chrome. That would be good. He also says Holmes won't take a QB. I agree. I think Holmes is very smart. I think he knows what we need. I think he's going to go best player available. Where we're at in our build, we just need as much talent as we can. Especially talent that helps us now. You know, we need to get the guys on there. We need to get them developed. And we need to really just get them integrated into this team as soon as possible. I don't want to sit a guy in the hope that he's good. And we'll talk about Liberty's Pro Day later. But I have no interest in seeing the throws from yesterday. It's easy to make a quarterback look good on his Pro Day. Because he's under no pressure. He's making free throws. His receivers can run all over the place with no hassle. Much different when you're on an NFL field getting chased down by the likes of Joey and Nick Bosa and etc, etc. Um, Super Cyan Lions is in the building. He says 100 out, Anthony. Thank you. I know you agree with me on a lot of bits there, but thank you for joining us. As always, great to see you in the building. Chrome says trade up. Yep, I, I think that's there. 
If Devin Lloyd slips, I trade up for him, and I don't think twice about it, but that's just me. I'm not a GM, so I don't know if our GM would agree with us or not. So, yeah, that was uh, Minnesota. Lions were there for that. I'm rounding off the 16th. Uh, San Jose State, the Lions did attend this. I couldn't find out a great deal about this, and to be honest, the only guy from there I would take a little look at would be Starkel, the quarterback, if we're looking for a development guy, but, I mean... I don't know if there's anyone there who tickled your interest this year, but I had a little look and nothing really stood out to me. No. No, like I say, Nick Starkle two years ago delivered the San Jose State Spartans their first Mountain West title in about forever. I think they regressed this year, but he's a good journeyman quarterback, could make a future backup one day. And I saw today that he was—he actually threw at Texas A&M's pro day as well, because he used to play there a long time ago. So he gave himself two opportunities to stand out. But I guess if you're going to be a free agent, go to as many as you can. There's been a few players, to be fair, who were doubling up on their pro days and more yeah. power. Trey Turner, the yeah. yeah. wide receiver from Virginia Tech, he caught the balls from uh, Malik, Willis. Malik Willis and then drove an hour back to Blacksburg, Virginia for his own pro day. Yeah. which I think is great. Like you say, it, it makes so much sense if you can do that to local schools. Exactly, and it shows that you're willing as well. You want those guys who are going to go that extra distance to really try and show out for the scouts. So, you know, fair play to him for doing that. You know, it will look good towards the scouts there. In Twitch, uh, we've got Big Aries 70 in the chat with us there. Thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. He goes, QB craziness is a thing. Let's hope that someone falls in love with Willis and wants him... I can dream. Me and you both, Big Aries. I think that is maybe the dream for some of us. I'm hoping that a lot of this chatter about Malik and the pro day is a smokescreen. I think it feels like one. I don't know about you, Rai, but it just seems too rich. But if we can somehow convince a team to part with a few picks and go back a little bit, I think that's dream scenario in the draft, is it not? I have. I believe they've got genuine interest. I think there could be, but if that genuine interest does lead to a good trade offer, because I think they were way up taking Willis and a really good trade offer, I don't think they'll just move back for anything. They won't take peanuts, whereas some people would just shift two for anything they could get it for. I think they will seriously consider it. I'm, I'm more in the believer that I think if they take Willis, they will genuinely let him compete for the starting job. Like I say, I think he will give Goff something to think about, like I say, because the current other two quarterbacks in the roster will not. Goff knows his job is safe right now. If Willis comes in and that changes, I'm all for it. They will play the best. I know how much they like Jared Goff, but they do want to give him some sort of challenge. So I'm fine either way. If they took Willis, I will buy into it. Like I say, he plays when he plays. Like I say, he's exciting. He needs to experience and grow as a person but if you trade him and get a call for him then I'd be also very happy as well because that opens up a lot of avenues I mean personally if we draft Willis and like I've said whoever we draft at the end of the day they're going to get my support 100% I may not agree with it a lot of fans do and don't with every single draft pick that happens but if, if I'm me and we do tech him I'm trading Goff I'm not going to wait. If I if that number two pick comes in, I do not want him sat around this year doing nothing. I'm just going to say, right, we've put a lot of faith in you. We've drafted you very high. You've got this brand spanking new, well, it will be new, offensive line in front of you because they haven't played together. 
go do your business. I I just I would throw him in the deep end and see if he sinks or swims because I think that's what you've got to do if you're picking him there. I think letting him sit is not a good thing. Goff knows his time is up after a year if we draft Willis, so there's no incentive really for him to do well. I think it upsets the balance of everything. Um, I just I just flat out trade him, or get rid, or cut, use the dead cap, eat it now. Then we've not got it next year. But that's just uh, that's just me on that one. Um, in the YouTube chat, Joey two times has joined us. He goes, "What up, Doe? What up, Doe? To you, good sir. Thank you as always for uh, giving your time to." Come on here. We do really appreciate every single one of you who does join us. Super Saiyan Lion says, Hamilton plays fast. His 40 time is not an issue at all. I am with you on that, good sir. Um, Joey says, you're not drafting Hamilton with the intention of him covering burner wide receivers anyway. No, of course you're not. He's there as your last line of defense over the top, and he does his job very damn well. And he can get after the quarterback as well. You can bring him up. You can do all sorts with him. A mismatch nightmare, and Dan Campbell absolutely loves mismatch nightmares. Super Saiyan goes, I'm at the point, I don't really care who they draft, just not a QB at two. I want this franchise to start winning, but that's what I care about. And Yeah, I think along those lines, I think we need impact players, blue chip prospects now. Go out, get them. Don't sit development talent. Just For me, we're too, we're too near to the start of the rebuild to be bringing in guys to sit. I know people use Levi as an example as round two last year, but I fully believe they don't believe that injury was as bad as it was. And that whole, oh, we were going to redshirt him thing anyhow. I don't know about you, Rye, but I just feel like that's a bit of a cop-out almost. Because we didn't hear about the injury there, but I, I just don't want any more players sitting and waiting. We need to get guys in who can compete right now, don't we? Yeah, we need we need impact, guys. This is a big year for Levi. If Levi plays this year and he doesn't produce the goods, they will move on from him like that. They will not... Dan Campbell showed he will not mess around. He tossed Jamie Collins out on his ass, who was heavily paid, was well-respected. If Levi does not deliver this year, Touchwood, if he's healthy all year and he disappoints, I think they could very well move on very quickly. Like I say, the fact that they brought in extra nose tackle and we had PNC, you know, like I say, it shows that no one is safe on this roster. And I agree. If they do draft Willis, that could spend the that could that could send a message that Goff's time in L Detroit is over already. Before it's even begun, he could very well be gone because we've already signed two more quarterbacks. Like I say, we'd have four quarterbacks in the roster. So the one that and Montez hanging on the practice but yeah, like I say, he's the one that would only have any capital to possibly ship him for a late round pick. Like I say, his days will be over. But I, I want anyone. Just not an offensive tackle. Please to God. We are we've got a good offensive line. Just this is not the year to go like off the scales and take like uh anyone do not take a tackle at two because that is how you will upset the fan base. And I will be very upset. Because it's alright making the good better, but when it's already really good and we've got that many holes, like just leave it be. We just need a bit of depth. Yeah, let's let's improve where we're bad at. Let's not do the whole Akuda for Slay thing where we're replacing talent. Let's add talent and keep what we've already got. Fully agree with you there. Um, ooh, Twitch is active. Dan says, uh, oh god, I've lost it here. Uh, with the jumbo size draft, uh, do you think we'll get more UDFAs this year? Um, I yeah, I mean, what we took 16 last year, I think it was. 
Um, I'd expect to see similar amounts again. And I, and judging by the way they're doing these pro days and where they're going, because they're going to a lot of these smaller schools that a lot of teams aren't, I would expect to see a lot of faces this year who are going to slip through the cracks and come in as undrafted free agents. What, what about you? Do you reckon we're going to see a similarly big number again? Oh, yeah, I expect it. I think they will take the maximum they can take them and then they will whittle them down like last year. Because when you think about, like, we had, like, say, before camp last year, we had uh, uh, we had Jonathan Adams Jr., we had Sage Surratt, we had so many wide receivers, like I say, and we slowly whittled them down until McKinley only last on the practice squad. So they will do as much digging as they can there. We'll have lots of skill position. Like I say, and everyone will get a chance to learn to return, prove the chance on roster. So I expect you're going to get a good 15 or 20. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. I think we're going to see a lot. Last year, obviously, we had to because the sheer state of the roster, the amount of dead cap, we needed as many bodies as we could get. So I'm not surprised they went big. And this year, you know, we are struggling. Well, I say struggling. We've not got the most money in the world. There's still a lot of holes on the roster. So I would expect to see them try and get as many guys in and fight. So obviously, if you can land on two or three guys like we did last year, you know, another Jerry Jacobs, another AJ Parker, another Tommy Kramer, then, you know, it's, it's not the worst thing in the world. Jerry's become a fan favourite and he's, he's going to be a corner. He was an undrafted free agent, so you can find them. And if we can do it without having to give up a draft pick, all the better. So, yeah, Dan, I think we agree. We're both going to see a lot of UDFAs this year. But, you know, the main thing over last year, we've got, what, 10 draft picks? We had five last year. Or was it six? We had, did we have six or five? I think we got more than double what we had last year. Anyway. Five. Yeah. So we've got a lot more actual draft picks and a lot higher in the draft as well. So, you know, we're going to get a big infusion of talent in there as well. Depp Fan Man has joined us in YouTube. Hello to you, sir, as always. Great to have you in. He says, hey, gents, um, with us already at 75 signed players and nine draft picks, I doubt we will have the uh, availability to grab that many UDFAs. I'd guess somewhere between five and ten. Um Oh, I think do a lot they, of the 75 outside. Yeah, I think a lot of the 75 are done folks. Obviously, like guys like Talmapeo, oh no, Talmapeo's gone, isn't he? But there's a lot of guys still in there who aren't in. And Do the UDFAs count against your camp squad? I think they uh, don't initially, do they? Not, initi not initially, no. You can, have a, you can have an entire pool of them initially. I, I could be wrong, and you know, feel free to correct me if I'm not, but I don't know if they count against the camp numbers initially. Obviously, you've got to get your team down to a certain amount but I thought you could have as many as you wanted but I'm happy to be corrected if I'm wrong I'm still learning this game Craig Ferguson's joined us on YouTube hey guys hey to you Craig thank you very much for joining us as always let me just quickly check Twitch again before we move on um, ba -do 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 -do. Dan if we draft Willis Goff has this year to solidify his QB recovery and we could trade him next offseason Malik getting a red shirt this year is a worthy investment for a potential franchise QB the additional QBs on our roster right now are not a problem to drafting Malik um, well you know me and Dan disagree on this one and yeah but you know I, I appreciate how highly he stands by his stance here and I get it if, if, if Malik sits and does well next year Oh, well, does well in future. It's a good forward investment. I just, I'm just not sure this franchise can afford it right now. I know saying, oh, you can get your possible guy, but we watched a lot of Liberty last year. I know, and 
I just feel like there's too many red flags there for me. This is not scouting the helmet, as I've been told on uh, Twitter by many people. I, you know, I watched the games against Middle Tennessee, against Central Michigan, stuff like that. I still saw problems I didn't, I didn't like, even not in those big games against like Old Miss and the Raging Cajuns, etc. But I can see both points here. Obviously, if we land on him, it's a wonderful thing. But for me, I just don't think we're in the position, are we? I just, he, I just, he's different. Like I said, the army game and stuff like that. Like you say, where he he really struggled. Like I said, people saw his sixty-five yard throw yesterday and were losing their shit. Like, come on, people, calm down. Like, there's no one else on the field. We saw that Trey Lance put on an absolute clinic a year ago. Like I said, we saw him play and he had some very shaky play at North Dakota State. So, like pro days for quarterbacks don't mean a thing. I'd say that they're ridiculous. There's no point even having them. They don't even show you anything. I'd say I'm in the camp. If you take a quarterback too, he has to play. You can't just sit him. I'd say Trey Lance should did play a bit, but I like say that was because the team was primed to go to the Super Bowl. That's the only reason they didn't play him. The Lions next year, we're trying to get more than five to seven wins, so you can play your rookie quarterback. Like I said, there's no pressure on us. Everyone else in the North is having turnover as well, so. If we tra- if we do sign him or tra- uh, draft him, I think he's there to play. Like I say, he will be trying to win the job. They're not going to tell him you're the scout quarterback for the year. He will be given the keys because Goff will have to try to keep his starting job from him. Yeah, I mean, I, I see Dan's point, and I really do. It's like, if, if you don't get him now, could you get him next year if we win seven or eight games? Possibly not, but I think when you have this much doubt, you know, picking a quarterback at two should be an easy thing. Like, yeah, let's go get our guy. But the fact that there's still such a big discussion here, th- that for me is the red flag. It's like, I- I'd sooner take my chance and wait. Because, you know, I know CJ Stroud's going to be the big one next year. Bryce Young's going to be the big one next year. But for me, there's, there's a lot of, you know, unappreciated talent out there at quarterback as well who could be just as good. We've seen in recent years, you don't have to pick at one or two for a quarterback. Mahomes, Lamar, Dak, Russell. You know, there's a lot of guys in the league who are not top 10 guys. It's about having the talent evaluation to get there. Plus, as well, for Young and CJ Stroud, you probably have to be really bad next year. Yeah. Like the Falcons, like you say, they'll be, they might be tanking. They might want a bad year so they can get their future franchise quarterback. I don't want to be bad enough to even be in consideration for them, too, if I'm perfectly honest. Because if you're picking one of those two, that means you only won four or five games. I'm gonna, Max. Mm, I'm going to put it out there now. The Panthers and the Falcons are fighting for the number one pick next year. And I think the Fal- uh, the Panthers are the favourites. I think I think that's the case for them too. Oh, Darnold. I think Darnold's going to have another stinker. Mm. Yeah, Panthers are well on their way to pick one next year. And the Panthers are not far behind. And potentially Seattle, depending on what they do. Um, just quickly going through the chat again before we get back onto the pro days. <laughs> uh, Debt Fanman says we had seven draft picks last year. Uh, we got nine this year. I swear we had... Oh, we didn't get the Michael Jackson one this year, did we? That's why we've got nine. Um, yeah, so Pinai, Levi, Aleem, Ify, Barnes, Amon Ra, Jefferson. Yeah, that does make seven. He also goes, uh, I dig how chill Ryan's pup seems. Good boy. Craig Ferguson goes, I thought it was a stuffed animal at first. I mean, good <laughs> That's how well-behaved Hank is. People didn't even know he's real. He is real. Bless him. He's just a very well-behaved 
And to be honest, you only got him two or three weeks ago, didn't you? He is remarkably yeah. chill for such a new dog. Yeah, I've only had him a month. Do people think he's like a therapy teddy? <laughs> this is what you need when you support the Lions. Just a little therapy teddy, just to cuddle and make better. And, you know, with people coming out with bad draft choices and that as well there. But no, Hank's getting a lot of love in the chat there. Um, duh, 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 duh. Big Aries says, I agree, the number two pick isn't a development play, isn't a development for the Lions right now. Yep, that's my argument, but I can see it both Look ways. Zach, yeah. Look at Zach Wilson. He was nowhere near ready, but the Jets knew they had to play him. And don't get me wrong, he wasn't very good. Yeah. Like I said, they, but they took him in a position where he had to play. And I think that's what you'll get with uh, Willis. We'll play him. He might be terrible for a year. Like I say, but you've got to, you've got to have the rough and tumble. Like I say, he might stink. And he might lose a lot of games, but you've got to look at the bigger picture. The Jets, like say, are investing. Like say, Wilson could be a lot better this year. Exactly. So you, you never quite know. And the good thing is we have the offensive line to accommodate a rookie if we do decide to go that way. Um, Big Aries also says, with an F two first-round picks next year, we can trade up without too much hassle. I agree. And, you know, players can be found later on. You know, we've already... You know, we we know a little bit about the quarterbacks coming through next year, outside of Bryce and outside of CJ, and there's a lot of potentially great talent in there that you could trade up to get. Those two are going to be the big ones, and everyone who wants a quarterback is going to be moving to give up the house for them lot. It's the little group afterwards who are still going to be really good. They're the ones you want to target, and two first-round picks will be more than enough to get some of them. So... You know, because Dan asks, he goes, when do we get a QB? Do we do a Denver? I know he's on about Denver because they've struggled since Manning left. And yes, that's the risk that you take. But the risk just, it seems too much for now. It's, I don't know. We could, we could, we could discuss this forever and a day. I understand why he, I understand why Dan thinks the way he does and guys who want Willis. And I understand why I think the way I do. And I just want to keep building this team for now. We had Stafford for 11 years. We never built the team around him look what happened it's a problem so yeah anyhow thanks for all you guys who were chiming in here do really really appreciate it all um we're gonna crack on now uh back with the pro day stuff which we were doing there but keep your stuff coming in and we'll keep going through it um i've completely absolutely lost where we were at we've just done san Jose state yes so we've reached march the 17th three days on uh, three three major ones on show here so the first clemson Obviously, Clemson, not the best team last year, but, you know, it was a tale of two stories. Their offense was absolutely atrocious. Their defense was really damn good. So that doesn't mean there aren't prospects here to evaluate. Sadly, the top prospect of the day, Andrew Booth Jr., the corner, he did not participate. He, I believe, is having surgery, if I remember rightly, on a pectoral injury? No, it's not a pectoral yeah. injury. Oh, is it a pec? I think, I think it's a pec, yeah, I think it hurt. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He hurt one just before the combine, so he did not participate in there at all. But that didn't mean there weren't people on show. You had his fellow cornerback on there, Mario Goodrich. He ran a 462 40-yard dash. He did a 31-inch vertical. Didn't do else anything else outside of that. You had the linebacker duo, James Skolski, Balen Specter, James Skolski. Uh, he came in at 228 pounds, five foot two, five foot eleven. Sorry, 
uh, just under six foot there. Did 26 bench reps, pretty decent. 473 in his 40. Did a 437 in the short shuttle, 702 in the three cone. Did a 34 inch vertical. Uh, Bale Inspector, he hung on his combine results for a few of uh, his because he had a really good combine. 19 on the bench, 423 shortstop, 693 three cone, 36 inch vertical there. And then obviously on the offensive side of the ball, the one guy we're all very, very interested in because of his injury history, but just how good he can be when he's not injured. Justin Ross, the wide receiver. Came in at 6'3", 210 pounds, ran a 4.68 in his 40, didn't do the short shuttle or the three cone, did a 31.5 inch vertical jump. How did the guys from Clemson stand out for you there? The Lions were represented, so they saw as well. Obviously, Shane Booth wasn't there because he's been dropping a bit maybe into territory. We'd be interested in him, but decent day for some of the guys there. Uh, no, I don't feel like it was. Like I say, I was not impressed. Justin Ross, for me, has not answered any of the questions I wanted from. He's not that athletic. He wasn't that fast. So anyone that's mocking him to Lions above, like, the third, fourth round above, like, just stop. I just don't want to touch him. Like I say, we was waiting for the pro day. He needed to really good pro day to increase his stock or salvage it. And for me, very average. The guy I like actually is Nolan Turner, the safety. Like I said, starting two-year captain, came in at 6-1-2-0-2. 17 bench reps, but he did run a 4-46 and a 37-inch half vertical. Like I said, I think he could be a good late middle-round option. Like I say, I think he's a he's a pretty good safety, as expected as well. James Skolski, he's a good run defender. Like I say, he's an absolute bruiser. Like I say, the bench, the way it all shows that. Com, uh, coverage and that I won't ask him to drop in at coverage the next level so I think he's got uh, his uh, things there. Mario Goodrich he did okay like you say solid sixer only £191 but ran a 460 so I think he could be a good cornerback too so it was a mixed bunch there was a lot to work out there like I say Will Spires came in at 6'5", 215 but he didn't do anything else so him and Andrew Booth didn't help themselves but I'd say it's a mixed bag. Mm, absolutely. But, you know, again, there are some intriguing prospects in there, and I, I would expect them certainly to be at least on the radar. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen with Booth now. He was slipping, not necessarily because of his own play, just others sort of going above him before. But, I mean, this injury is not going to have helped him there. But hopefully he gets nice and fit for the draft. And, um, yeah, he could still potentially go quite high but don't think he's in play for us um super saiyan lions says do you guys believe this is brad and mcdc's most important draft i believe it is because of how weak the qb class is and depth in other positions well i mean for me it, it is critical but i think at the moment every single one is critical we're in a situation where we need to land on as many draft picks as we can to you know, max. You know, to fill as many holes in this roster as possible. Obviously, last year, you know, we accelerated the rebuild just because of how many guys we managed to land on. You know, getting a prime receiver, great nose tackle, you know, killer offensive tackle. He he absolutely, you know, destroyed the draft last year. This year, it is critical though because the division's weak. We need to show progress. 
you know we you know we need these guys to come in we need to start moving upwards in the table i've already said if we finish below the bears next year i'm going to be absolutely horrified and i'm going to be really angry because of how bad they are what do you think do you reckon this draft is their most important in you know in terms of criticalness for building this team uh, see, I think last year they did well, so they bought themselves some breathing room and they answered some critics. I think to bridge the gap, because the gap is now there to be bridged to the other sides in the division, it's critical in that aspect that we need some uh, guys that help us uh, claw back the the gap that's currently between those other sides. Uh, but for job security-wise, I don't think they'll have any issues, like say, unless they take a quarterback. If they take Malik Willis, and within two years, it doesn't pan out, you will probably see Brad Holmes get fired. Like, so if you take a quarterback that high and it doesn't pan out, it more often than not can cost you your job. Like, so because you put immense pressure on that player and then your whole reputation gets staked on that pick. So if we don't take Malik Willis or if we don't take a quarterback at all, I think, like, say, it'll be another good year, another year building towards. Just coming third in the NFC North, like I say, not coming off the bottom. If we bridge that gap and we leapfrog a team, that is a success. But if they take Malik Willis and he plays and we win three games, like I say, people next year will be calling for their heads prematurely, obviously. But it all depends on pick two. It depends how spicy they go. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I think, yeah, like I say, for me, this next year is the big one. We've got $90 million in free cap currently pending there. The only major contract we have to deal with this year, which is the beauty of what they've done so far, is TJ. None of our other major players are up for contract next year, so all that money is going to be available to us. And if we can nail this draft with another you know, prodigious talent, you know, especially at two, and get some great pieces in there, then... We're really going to have the foundations. We're going to have a lot of second-year guys. We're going to have a lot of you know first-year guys who've done well. I think it's going to be huge for us, particularly. So I do think it's going to be very critical for us. Don Burrs joined the chat. He goes, yo, I think I take Kayvon over Hamilton. <laughs> At this point, like I say, there's 10 genuine candidates for that number two spot, and it, it's so hard to argue amongst it all. I can see why people like Kayvon. Absolutely, Chrome agrees. He goes, yeah, pass rush is king. Pass rush is king, but our secondary has also lost us a lot of games these last three or four years. And at some point, you've got to start investing in it and putting some elite blue chip talent in there. So, I don't know. You could do this one of many ways. Um, Domber asks, so what happens if your Brad Holmes trades up for quarterback next year and it doesn't pan out? He's fired also. You're right, Don. Absolutely. Every time you draft a quarterback, you put your legacy on the line. So, you know, you can take your guy now or you can wait and see. It's either way, it's just as it's just as risky as the next, really. I think, again, from my point of view, it's where we're at now. We just need to build this team, not reach for a quarterback. But I don't know. As we've already said, you know, there are so many ways that you can go about doing this. Just to quickly drop into Twitch again before we move on. Uh, Big Aries goes, uh, Roar Atlanta UK, just happy you're watching on Twitch. Yes, I know. I'm very sorry about this. I was lied to last week. Matt said that Steam Labs had this multi-system thing where I could see comments from everyone. I just thought Twitch was very quiet last week, but it turns out it didn't. So I'm logged in there. I appreciate you uh, 
joining us as always. You and Dan are in there. Dan goes, it might turn out that way. For me, this is how I would use our Rams pick this year. He'd use it on a safety, then he'd go linebacker, defensive end, then wide receiver. I'd switch the middle three depending on the way the draft goes, then wide receiver and defensive edge with our first rounders next year. One way to go. I've not even started thinking about next year, to be fair. But, yeah, I'll uh, agree with you on that one. Um, Big Aries also goes, agree on position needs. Will be interesting how the draft shakes out. I mean, I think that's the critical thing this year. We... I don't think there's any sort of priority in terms of position in draft this year. I think it's just how the board falls. Like, say, if we get to 32 and Jaquan Brisk is still there and we've got edge, you go safety, whereas if he's not there, you probably go wide receiver or linebacker, I think. I think it's going to be very fluid this year, isn't it, their draft board? Yeah, because they'll have circled positions, not players. Like I said, they'll have so many circled that if you get there and they're still on the board, then they jump up that way. Let's say I think they'll, have, I think they'll have highlighted key areas and key holes, not individual players. I'd, I'd be very surprised if we trade up for anyone, unless they're absolutely convinced they're going to be a game-changing blockbuster. After the trade up for Derek Barnes, looked like a mistake for me. Like I say, he would have still been there when we took him. They will certainly think twice about jumping a number of spots and giving up capital before they make a trade like that. Like I said, I don't, they don't think they'll do anything crazy in the first unless they get an inkling. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree there. Um, Chrome says, I don't think Holmes will risk drafting a QB. I don't think he will either. Craig Ferguson says, Hawk is my boy, but if he can't stay healthy this year, we will need to replace him. Obviously, we've got the decision as to whether to give him the fifth-year option. I believe we have to take that by the start of May. Is it May 5th, May 6th? Or is it June so, yeah. it's either start of May or start of June we've got to make that decision but I mean some of these insane contracts have been getting handed out to tight ends recently 9.6 million suddenly looks like a bit of a bargain for him but I'd give him the fifth year but then if he's not produced this year I would be in the same category I think we need to look elsewhere and it's really sad because he's a wonderful player but like I say we need to keep him healthy Man says with the league's worst run defence now without Flowers I can't see them skipping the front early true you know, definitely something we do need to look at. Dombez says hot might be trade bait. Maybe, not sure. Um, but to do. Chrome says, what about getting Brock Bowers next year? Yes. Me and Ryan heartily endorse that, probably at any position as well. You wouldn't say no to Brock uh, Bowers, would you? It depends where, because we've been stunk with tight end first. But like I said, if the second first round pick, yeah, sure. Because yeah. I'm sure he'll have another monster year again. Yeah, he's he's absolutely crazy. I'm, he's one of the players I'm looking most forward to watching next year for sure. He's just he's just going to be absolutely crazy prospect. Right now, getting on with the pro day. So we just did Clemson. Um, so we have Eastern Michigan also went on March the seventeenth. Um, Lions were there. Obviously, they always take a look at the uh, the local schools there. The two I highlighted on that day were the linebacker Terry Myrick and the tight end. Thomas Odakoya, both potential late round picks there, both had a decent day in the pro day and have done their chances no harm. Um, and then the other one was Stanford. Don't know if we were there or not. They just had four players on show. They had defensive tackle Dalen Wade Perry, wide receiver Donald Stewart, 
defensive end slash tight end he's described as Tucker Fisk. And then their defensive end Thomas Booker, who actually had an incredibly good combine. He ended up, I think, athletically testing as one of the best defensive ends there out of a lot of them. He also had a really impressive pro day there as well. Anything that caught your attention from East Michigan or Stanford? Uh, not really. Nothing jumped off, no. no. The decline of Stanford is really sad. They have been dreadful for years. Their, their season was painful to watch because they are they're bad. Like I said, they're not producing the talent they used to. So it's, I think I'd probably stay away from those schools right now, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd agree. Probably East Michigan's the only one we could. I did. I managed a full Michigan mock on Twitter the other day, and it was actually a pretty decent one. So the Michigan schools have been pretty good for the most part. But yeah, Eastern, probably not the... Uh, the best out the lot of them there. Stanford, I watched them a lot last year because I love Davis Mills and I like to say I'm vindicated. I wanted to take Davis Mills in the third round last year as a quarterback, you know, to back up and I was told, no, he's not that good, but did all right for the Texans. One of the guys I did land on there, but yeah, Stanford were pretty poor this year. Apart from when they beat Oregon, that was that was a shock for the books. They managed to get one over on Oregon, but then they lost. I can't remember what it was the week after, but they weren't good. Just sort of indicative of their season as it were so yeah moving on march the 18th which was last friday a few days on show here obviously the big one we'll go straight into it now the wolverines michigan were on show the lions sent the house for this one as you would expect them to presumptive number one picking the draft aid and hutchinson the edge uh, possibly number two, depending on what you think Jacksonville are going to do at one. But I, I suppose the big story that came out of this one, Rye, was a really horrible injury to David Ajabo, the other edge. He did his Achilles in just on a routine training exercise, and now, like I say, his Achilles has snapped. There's a very long road for recovery ahead. A lot of edges have probably just jumped him in the pecking order in the draft. It was absolutely horrible to see this, especially for a guy who's had such a great breakout year and was on such a wave of momentum. This came at the worst possible time. Yeah, that it's kind of flatlined really. Like say he really now the best thing for him to do is not not in the pro league. Like say take advantage of the recovery period, uh, get another year under his belt. But I'm I'm convinced he'll still enter the draft. He'll still go pro. But like I say, he's lost millions of dollars. He's probably lost an entire round. I can't see him being taken at all in the first round now. Like I say, he was, he was inexperienced, he was raw, and now he's hurt and might not be ready for camp, like I say, in what will be his first rookie pro season. So you're going to see a slide from him, unfortunately. Like I say, and it couldn't have happened at any worse time. If it had happened when he got to camp, he could have lived with that. But now, like I say, before he's even got there, before he's even had the chance to have his name called, I'd say it's really going to affect his stock. Mm. Well, speaking of his stock, um, Ash, our regular long-time listener, he's at work, but how are you doing, Ash? Hope you're doing well there. Um, he goes, at what point does Ajabo become too valuable in the draft to pass up on now, even with his injury, even if you have to redshirt him, given all the other edge talent round now? If, if this was you as a GM of the Lions and you had to pick him, you know, how low would you go before you feel like, right, this this probably makes sense now? Well, I said to him, David, no, Jarbo, because I don't want to take him. 
Let's say if, if I have to take him, I'm taking him in like the third, like six six. I don't, I don't want him at all. Like say I didn't, I thought flashing the pan originally. Now he's hurt as well, and he's a year behind. So I think, I think it'll be a reach. Like say it, I want impact players, and I'm not going to get an impact from him now anytime soon. No. So I'd, I'd, if he falls to the third round, I'll probably pull the trigger, but. Not a pick sooner. The first two rounds, uh, I want guys ready to go day one. I agree. I think sixty-six is my, you know, is my floor now. I, I think I have to go as far back as that. We can't afford any more injured edge rushers. You know, we've already got Romeo coming back off an Achilles. We can't have a Jabo coming off an Achilles as well. We need guys who are gonna flash this year. I'm just fed up of seeing the injury room full and going after injury risks. For me, it's just, yeah, it, it's a shame. And I hope he does get picked by someone who has the depth at the room to let him recover and bring him in and him do really well. Like so, say, we don't. No. Like I say, that's the issue. Yeah, if we, we take him that high, we 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 got to have him play because right now our starting edges are Charles, Charles Harris, Harris and Julian Aquara, maybe. Or yeah. maybe Arden Key. If we brought Arden Key in, he'd probably go straight into a starting role almost. That tells you a lot about our room currently. Yeah, exactly. He's like, not writing off the player here, but just the situation we're in. Absolutely can't afford to go near him at the minute. So, but like I say, I really, really hope he uh, is able to come through that, find himself a good team there. Um, in terms of the rest of the Michigan group, obviously Aiden did some of his workouts there. Andrew Stuber was in there, Hassan Askins. Um, anyone stand out to you out the rest of them? I mean, I like Stuber the guard. If we're going to go a bit later on, get a guard, get a bit of depth in there. He's just really impressed me throughout the uh, season and through this off-season. But who else stood out for you? Uh, Aiden Hassan, they didn't have to do anything. They didn't need to. Like I say, obviously I'm not touching Hassan because I don't want to run him back. Aiden, I'm, I'm almost sure that Aiden will go one. I feel like there's that, that quiet calm before the storm like they're not going to be able to pass on him uh, like I say uh, Dax Hill like I say he didn't have to do much that he didn't need to like I say he, he had a really pretty good combine in general so the pro day was uh, was quiet for him like I say I think he's probably still very much in play at 32-34 but I agree Stuber we need a guard because um, like I say that we've got an out on the tie next year where we can pretty much cut ties, I'd like someone ready to step into his shoes, which means I would like a lucky guard, like I say, and I don't think Stuber, you won't have to reach for him, like I say, I think you can get him on a day two, day three kind of guy, like I say, so I think he's someone that could offer value. I've had him four, five in terms of round, um, so yeah, hopefully we can, it'll be good for that, but, you know, Vitae still deserves his next year, absolutely, so, you know, get the depth in, long-term replacement, and then change it when you need to. Um, Dan says Julian was an injury risk like a Jarbo too. Yes, he was, and look how that's happened. We've had Julian for so little of the time here. Not something we can really afford to do here. Um, Dan goes, do the Jags need OT help even after tagging Cam? I guess the answer's yes, but it pushes it down the list of needs. Don't need to take one at one now, really, do you? I don't. I think tagged him. Like I say, he's not. He's not the best. Don't get me wrong. He's been a very up and down career. But I think for impact, 
and uh, I think someone like an edge would probably bring more impact straight away. Like you said, you can always kind of bodge an offensive line yeah. and you can always pick up depth. Like I said, I think it's not a bad class for offensive tackles. Like I say, even if they may trade the first pick, like I say, if someone loves Aiden Hutchinson, someone yeah. may jump considerable. Right? It's, it's not out of the possible realms, like I say. If we worried we want him, we might have to go get him. But no, I think I think our offensive tackle now probably takes a back seat. If they want to trade back in at the first, they can, there's guys out there to get. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Speaking of trading, big areas in Twitch asks, do you think the guy? Do you guys think the line second rounder is the best trade? Someone might have eyes for a guy that falls out the first. I mean, I th I always think the thirty the thirty second pick will take precedence because you've got the fifth year option. That's that's what makes that so appealing. I feel like that's the trade chip, if any, out of them two. It would be yeah, like say anyone that wants, anyone that knows a player might fall to thirty three may jump to 32 because you say you get that extra breathing room. If we didn't have the fifth-year option on TJ Hawkinson right now, I'd be sweating because yeah. I know a decision's making. So that, that extra year can buy you a lot of room. And in the end, it can save you an awful lot of money. If they show in that fourth, fifth year that they ain't it, that's fine. You just let them go. But yeah. if you commit too early because you don't have the fifth year, then you can get stung. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Dan just quickly says... Don't they don't they have pretty good edge rushes? Isn't Josh Allen there? I wanted him then. I'm guessing this is about the Jags edge rush. Yeah, but I think they've just got Josh Allen, haven't they? It's just Josh Allen. It's not much else other than that. And I know they've got it's tackles. They've got tackles there. They drafted Walker Little, was it, last year? He was the Stanford, Stanford guy, was he Walker Little? Yeah. I know they like him a lot. Yeah. And I think there's another guy there that they like a lot as well. So I feel like they've got their left tackle, their senior guy and they've got the young tackles they like there as well. So, who knows? It, it, it's it's interesting. That, that's going to, you know, just completely and utterly set the tone for the draft, you know. So, no idea what they're going to do. They could do one or both, but I think they're in the same predicament with both positions. So, we're going to see what goes on there. Uh, Dan goes, sorry to always be contrary, but I think they need to protect Lawrence. Yes, they do need to protect Lawrence, but they, they've... They've signed well, didn't they? They just bought Scherfin, didn't they? They bought Scherfin, they've yeah. got center in. They've, they have invested a lot in the offensive line here. So, again, like our pick, it's very hard to pick. But I'm with you. I think they're going to move towards edge, but that, that doesn't really mean a great deal. So, yeah, hey-ho. Um, where did we get to with the pro days? So, we were on the 18th. Ah, so Coastal Carolina. We went to Coastal Carolina. I completely missed this one on the schedule. Um, obviously, Coastal, wonderful team to watch. One of my favourite teams to watch in college at the moment. And you always get to watch the games because they play on a Thursday or a Wednesday night slash Thursday morning here, obviously. This time in 12 months, I hope we're going to be there to watch Grayson McCall. But the big one this year, Isaiah Lightly, the tight end. But as Jeff Riston pointed out in his article, he did not have a good day and has possibly done himself a little bit of a disservice in the guise of those who were maybe courting him here. What did you think about his pro day? Oh, great. I want sold on him before. I'm not even less sold on him now. I don't trust him as a blocker. He's skinny. Like, I think he might end up moving a wide receiver. I don't think he can play as a tight end at the next level. Like I say, he didn't show everything he needed to. 
It's a, uh, if I'm going to pick anyone from Coastal Carolina as a project to work on, I think I'll probably go with Jeffrey Gunter. Oh, it's, uh, that, that linebacker edger. Yeah. He, he didn't do much, but he did a 30 bench press, which is fantastic. And he came in at 256 pounds, so he's got good weight. So he had a nice year as well. So I think he's someone the Lions could look at as a pickup. Uh, Javon Hiley worked out pretty well, actually. Ran a 446. No, no, he ran a 4.63. Came in at just over six foot, two or two. I'd say uh, not bad. Uh, bench press 14, vertical 36. Everything was slightly above average. But no, there's, there's certainly guys here to look at. Yeah. Yeah, that was always my problem with Lightly. Um, he's a receiving tight end, and we don't have that luxury right now. We need a blocking tight end. So, as much as I would like him, if we didn't have TJ on the squad, I'd be all for going after him because he's that th threat you want from the slot inside. But blocking-wise, he doesn't justify such a... Because he's going to be a second or third round pick placed on him. That's just a bit too rich. He's not a Trey McBride, who's a mauling tackler as well as a good receiving option. So, you know, yeah, I'm not going near there. I do like your linebacker shout, though. I saw an interview with him... Uh, NFL Draft Diamonds, they did an interview with him and he seems like he's really got his head screwed on really determined to make it, so that that would be a good shout if we're going to look, and we've had a good look at him, so yeah, that's great there um, just quickly diving into the chat again, Craig Ferguson says, thinks we need another defensive tackle Aleem is the only starting caliber DT we have at this point, Levi needs more work, what are your thoughts on that I mean I guess we've been a bit louder in our we're not wanting any more trench guys because we drafted a lot of trench guys last year and we want skilled players but I don't know what do you think I, for me defensive tackle offensive tackle they're probably in like the round four or five categories at the minute I don't want to be spending any major picks on them I'm, I'm sort of hoping that Levi comes good are you on that train as well yeah I'm not I, I'm certainly not going to write Levi off yet and uh, there's still the defensive tackle still on the roster. Like I say, we've still got Brockers. Like I say, we, we protected Bruce Hector all year as well. He was on the practice squad that was uh, protected for most of the year as well. So there's not like a lack of depth. I think we'll bring in probably a lot of guys as undrafted free agents. So unless someone big falls, like say someone in the first round, if they plummet for any reason to 32, then I think they get snapped up. But I don't think we'll be going that high, Not not in the trenches. Yeah, no, I agree with that one there. Um, and then finishing off the 18th of March, uh, USC, uh, University of South Carolina, obviously big target there. We, a lot of Lions fans want him because of his camaraderie with Amon Ra. Drake London didn't work out because he's still recovering from his broken ankle. However, the main, you know, the main guy from there otherwise the other Drake, Drake Jackson, the edge, he did work out. I liked what I saw from him there. I think he's, he's, he's a name who's gone forgotten, weirdly enough, in this edge class. You, we talk about all these edges, and Drake's no longer mentioned. He was a first-round pick at one point, and I, I don't know what he's done that suddenly people have soured on him. I think it's just this: the strength of this edge class means that talented guys like him have gone completely under the radar, but you know we were there to watch him. And, you know, he's a potential pick later on. And, you know, one you could potentially get a lot out of. I think it's out of sight, out of mind. I think people have just stopped hearing about him, stopped seeing him. 
stop talking about him, whereas others have probably kept the name probably more in people's mouths. I think he needed to do a bit more to put himself out there a bit more. Yeah, yeah, agreed, agreed with that one. Um, right, so that was everything for the 18th. That was on the Friday. You have to jump forward to the 21st. That's the Monday that has just gone from here. And there were a lot of pro days here. Um, Bowling Green, Iowa, Jackson State, Nevada, Northern Iowa, Pittsburgh State, uh, Pittsburgh as well, Princeton, Southern Miss, Stony Brook, and Syracuse. A lot to get into there. But the first one the line stopped off at was Iowa, obviously. Tyler Linderbaum, top 10, presumptive pick, the center there. But other... Other prospects in there amongst him. You've got the oh god, you've got the running back from there. I can't remember his name off the top of me, but we were there. Tyler Goodson. Yeah, there was Tyler Goodson. He was there. Um, got a few other guys in the mix as well. Anything from Iowa that caught your eye? The Lions were there to watch them. Uh, yeah, Dan Belton. The safety worked out really well. Had the five, fifth highest vertical leap at thirty-six fifty. Six fast is fast. He had a four forty-three forty, which was pretty good. And he had a nice broad jump of 10 inch three feet. So he's a hard hitting, stronger safety, but he looked pretty good and it worked out really well. So I think uh, he's going to be one of those middling guys, like you say. But I think this is a, it's a pretty strong class. Like I said, I like this Iowa class. Yeah. And, you know, defensively off that side of the ball, you know you're going to get good players from there. Say Belton's been in a secondary which had. Like, the secondary group had some of the most picks in the entire country out of everybody. You know, these are guys who are ball hawks. They're very good at what they do, and they've got great caliber behind them. So, yeah, I, I agree. I uh, it was good that we were there. I wouldn't be surprised to see at least one of their prospects maybe come our way. So, you know, Van Volk, yeah, Van Volkenberg. He did a few of his drills. Apparently, he did cones really well. I just he's going to be a later defensive lineman. And Kurt Jack Kerner who has had a career full of injuries. Like I said, I think he's a safety. Like I say, he ran a 4.51 and had 20 reps on the bench press. And I think he's had a really tough career. Yeah. Like I say, but he interviewed well. I think he's going to be someone that could make a fantastic special team at the next level. And he could work himself into some rotational packages. So if you're looking for someone really late, maybe undrafted, like I say, I think he'd be someone I'd, I'd really look at to bring in. Because he's got a a lot to offer and he will cost you very little yeah i mean i, I would bet my bottom dollar now that one of the late some of the later round picks are going to be defensive linemen the way that we've gone about this the people we've been see it's like one of the few interviews i found we did was the missouri state tackle defensive tackle from last week eric johnson you know we, we are really looking around these late rounded defensive line picks so it would not surprise me to see a lot of them if not in undrafted free agency, drafted five, six, seven. This this really does seem to be a theme of the guys that are going after. But yeah, I, I I do really like Van Valkenburg as well, and I just love the name. It just has such gravitas to it as well. It was a interesting one there. Um, we stopped by Jackson State on the same day as well. Obviously, Dion Sanders, prime time coaches there. Now, I don't know too much about the specific individuals, but I mean we did. We've done several shows now um, about the HBCU scene, the historically black college and university scene. We covered a lot of what went on there. Obviously, Jackson State are, are at the pinnacle of that. 
and there were only 22 teams who went to this, so a lot of teams abstained as well. I think, for me, I, I think we're going to see someone, if not drafted, I think we're going to see a lot of undrafted priority free agents come from the HBCU scene, given how much interest we seem to have been taking towards it in the off-season and on the pro day circuit as well. Do, do, do that's something you might agree with there? I agree. And to be fair, I found here that Alcorn State, Mississippi Valley State, Mississippi College, Millsaps, Delta State and Bell Hellevin all did a joint combine. So they all sent players there. Yeah, there so was there's, 36. About, there's about 40 players. So that's there's going to be some really good. You're going to find some of your stud undrafted free agents here, potentially. I'd say it's good when they come together because some of them on their own, they can't attract anyone. But as a collective force, they've got half the league going to watch them which I think says a lot about how they can help one another out. Because no one's going to watch Alcorn State on their own. No, no. And like you say, when you've got prime time there, it adds gravitas to the event. People will go mm. and watch. And like you say, we, we've seen plenty of draftable talent when we've been doing our evaluations of the HBCU Bowl, you know, the the week they had there. There's a lot of talented guys. I used to want to kill Glass at quarterback, but... There's a lot of good yeah. defensive guys in there. We've got wide receivers. Jackson State. Jackson State have got an edge rusher called James, the problem Houston. He had a really productive year and he won several SWAC honours, but he got snubbed from the scouting combine. So it appears that's probably who a lot of people went to see. Probably yeah. should have been to the combine himself. James, yeah, he's quite a recognisable name, actually. I think during the Legacy Bowl, he, he proper balled out in the Leg in the H HBCU Legacy Bowl. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see the Lions at least draft or get undrafted priority free agents out of that scene. And I think it's great because I think there's a lot of talent there who are going to be able to add something a little bit different to this team. Um, right, so there was loads going on in this day. Nevada... So, the first of the quarterbacks on show, this has obviously been quarterback week, Carson Strong, Cole Turner, Romeo Daubs, although Romeo Daubs, as you mentioned earlier in the show, was injured, um, but out of the rest of them, I thought overall, I saw some people say that they weren't too enamoured with Carson Strong's pro day, but I thought he did pretty well, I thought he threw well. I thought there is a little bit on the short and intermediates, there's a little bit of accuracy issue, which is the big problem with him. But, you know, he's going to be a guy who you're going to redshirt next year to allow the knee to fully heal before you really bring him into the lineup. But, you know, out of the rest of I saw, I thought he moves quite well, he throws well, his deep balls are pretty good. I thought he had a good day. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't mind him, I said. There's been so much talk about his MRIs, which have come back on negative. Like I say he's played in that brace, he had the knee injury, but I think he looked pretty good. Like I say, there was a bit of rusting. I'd say rustiness more than anything. Yeah. Like I say, it's probably been a long time since he's been out there slinging it. We know he's got a nice deep touch, a nice deep ball. And uh, I like Cole Turner. I still really like him. Like I say, he's a big bully. He's got a fantastic red zone threat. He's in that middle group of Titans, even if he's not the fastest or the most athletic. I think he's big old frame. Like I say, because Antonio Gates was never that athletic. He wasn't that fast. He wasn't that agile, but he used his body well and he made him one of the best of all time. So when you've got that big build as a tight end, like, it does make you intriguing. So I still, certainly think all three of these guys are going to be drafted, including Dowds. Like I say, we know what he can do. It's a shame he can't show his stuff. But 
I think they're going to have a good draft class. Yeah, I think I was reading somewhere it's been about three or four years since they've had someone drafted, if I'm remembering rightly. So to, you know, all of a sudden they've get got three. Yeah, they've got three who are going to get signed this year. So I mean, like, as you say, that's sort of indicative of the team they've built there. And yeah, I just, I just really have a liking of Carson Strong. I, I can't help it. I just think the way he plays, he he was told not to play last year. His doctors, his dad, everyone said that you know he shouldn't work out and yet he went in played for his team you know you've you've really got to admire what um about what he went through that year and he had a pretty decent year all told so it was good to see and yeah i love cole turner as well just a big nasty so-and-so at tight end and someone's gonna get good out of him i know he took a bit of a hicks of his combine results but i don't really expect that to uh affect his draft stock so much um so yeah, Nevada, some interesting prospects from there. The Lions were there. And another place the Lions were at said Carson Strong started the QB carousel. Kenny Pickett, he had his pro day at Pittsburgh. And our quarterback coach Mark Brunel went along to see that one to get up close and personal with him. His hands miraculously grew an eighth of an inch between the combine and the pro day, so he must have had some miracle grow on that bad boy there. But again, a solid pro day. All you could, did all you could ask from him, and it's it's intriguing that we went there not to see Carson Strong and Brunel didn't go to see Malik Willis either. I don't know if you read too much into it, but I guess we're just doing due diligence on all the top quarterback prospects this year. Yeah, they're kind of spreading their wings. I've seen this in a lot of people, like say the directors, uh, executives. Uh, they're very much sending anyone they can that they're able to put a flight to see a quarterback. Don't matter who it is. I say Kenny Pickett, he looked fine. Everyone knows Kenny Pickett is a good quarterback. Everyone knows he can make all the throws from short to intermediate, and he does it looking tidy. Got a big frame, reasonably agile, like I say. So he looks, he looks already that's how i'll put him he looks like he could start on day one and give you a reasonable shot at winning a game or day pick on a defense and pick up the game very quickly so and that extra eighth of an inch like i say well size matters like i say so that's all you can say so that was great for him but no i i think i think he he solidified his stock i think right now he'd you'd have to say he's qb2 and i think he'd be very happy with that yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I think he's probably going to be in that area, and yeah, that that that's where he's really going to get drafted. So yeah, that was that was Pittsburgh. Not really much else coming out in terms of the Pittsburgh team this year, unless Addison's not declared, has he? I'm not just going to miss him. Addison's no. gone back, hasn't he? No, the Blatnikoff winner that won the Best Wide Receiver Award has gone back, which is a real shame. He's going to be a really high draft bit next year, I think, even with another good year. Yeah, but Pittsburgh's backup this year was not good, so I don't know what their quarterback situation will be like next year. Oh, they've landed. Um, what's his face? Haven't they? The old USC one. Um, oh God, the one we don't like very much. Oh God, who was the USC quarterback this year? Come on, you know him. Yeah. Oh God. Oh got right. Sorry, people. We just had a little bit of a, a yeah. meltdown. There. It's not J. It's not JT because he ain't committed yet. Slovis, He's going to Keaton. Keaton. Oh yeah. Oh Keaton. God. Yeah. 
<laughs> Keaton Slovis is now the new starter at Pittsburgh. So if Addison can have a good season with him, then sky's the limit. Yeah, like I say, he, he'll be one of the most touted wide receivers next year. Yeah, absolutely. And quite rightly so. He is a damn good one. Um, right, and then in terms of the rest of the pro days, for the 21st, um, obviously Trevor Penning worked out at Northern Iowa. I don't know if we were there or not, but I wouldn't assume we're going to be in the sweep. They had some really good guys. Oh, go for it then. Uh, that was I'm looking at all their workouts, and you and I had a fantastic day. Who else? Is they had Isaiah Weston, the wide receiver, came yeah. in at 6'4". 210, did 20 bench reps. Well, these are the combine stuff, but ran a 442. He did an 11 feet free broad jump, Isaiah Weston. So he, he's a big bodied receiver. They had a Bradrick Shaw, a white, uh, running back, 6'1, 225, 30 bench reps, 458, and a 10 feet 5 broad jump. I'd say so. He did really well. Penning, Penning was okay, sat on most of his uh, combine times, but a lot of people talking about Jared Brinkman. A very undersized defensive lineman. He's only 6'2", 293. And he's very unathletic. But he did do 35 bench reps, which I think would have put him maybe top at the combine. He's very strong. But no, they, they had some good guys there as well. And they had, a, they had two guys from Morningside and Upper Iowa. So, like I said, they had a pretty stack there. They looked good. Because initially I passed straight over it when I was looking for players. I forgot Penning played there, but let me say, seems to have been a lot of good talent on there. So, again, not sure if the lines were there, but if they were, then certainly they had a lot to uh, keep their eyes on. Um, just finishing out, because places like Princeton, Southern Miss, Bowling Green, not really a lot going on there. Syracuse were the last one of the day, and to be to be fair, they didn't have much, but the one guy they have there, I really like. So the and again, it's a defensive lineman, Cody Roscoe, the defensive lineman from there. I think he had 13 tackles for loss, nine sacks this season on an inconsistent Syracuse team. But this guy is a nasty-ass mauler. And yeah, I've watched some of his tapes since I started looking a little bit at him. And this guy looks really good. And he had a decent pro day. Again, not sure whether we were 100% there or not. I think 31 NFL teams were. The Rams aren't going anywhere. So safe to assume that we were. But I really like Cody Roscoe. Like I say, he stood out on a really bad Syracuse team this year, which is a shame because the year before, they were pretty decent. Yeah, they they had a rough year. They had quarterback head issues across the board, so no, it's good to see. Like I say, he, he looked good. There's him and oh, I can't remember his name. I can't remember if the cornerback comes out this year or next year. I, I think when I, was looking, when I was looking for prospects, he was the Garrett. only one that came out. I don't think Garrett's come out this year. Not for the draft. He might be another. No, year. I don't think so. No. no. After, after getting in, Toledo had fifteen players at theirs. Hmm. Oh, Toledo didn't come up on my. They had a guy called. Yeah, they had a guy called. They had a guy called Tyson Anderson. He was at the combine as well, and apparently he stood on his days and worked out pretty well. Possible third or fourth round pick, but I can't see his position. He's a wide receiver, isn't he? The name. I think he could I think, get, I think yeah. receiver. I think he's. Bell, a, yeah. I know the name. No, apparently he looks like he could have been—he could be a middle-round, second or third-round guy. So it could be someone to watch. Mm, I forgot Toledo been on there. I swear these lists haven't been updated in some of them. I have to keep looking through about three or four different sources to find the right picks on the right days. But yeah, 
yeah, hopefully some good ones there. Craig Ferguson says Slovis, yeah, it was Keaton. Keaton Slovis is at Pittsburgh next year, and that's going to be interesting. Like I say, hopefully Addison stopped. Who's his safety? Oh, is he Tyson Anderson. Oh, of course he is. Wasn't he? On, he was on one of our lists, wasn't he? I think when we were doing, I swear he's been one of our lists yeah. of players we've looked at. Oh. He ran a four thirty. He ran a four thirty six at the combine. He was one of the fastest players of the entire combine. That might be why then, if we've been looking so, at. He's certainly someone to watch. I think it was last year when we, uh, last year last week when we did the combine review. I think we mentioned him on that. Oh, I feel a bit silly now. Um, it looks good. <laughs> uh, Super Saiyan Line says it uh, doesn't matter. Bobby Wagner might be going to the Rams. That's just not fair. <sighs> Stockpiling on talent and with what money? But hey ho. Magic that magical money part of, that doesn't exist. Can't. Yeah. Space just doesn't exist. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, Dan said Rattler. Oh, I think he was on. No, Rat Rattler's at USC now. No, he's hang on. No, he's not at that USC. Yes, yeah. he is. He's no. going to do well, I think. He's not the He's at South Carolina. He's at South Carolina. He is, yeah. I keep getting mixed up with the initializations. But yeah, Rattler's there this year. He's probably going to have a pretty decent year and put himself up into consideration. I think he'll do well this year. Yeah. Um, that's That Gamecock side are going to be so, so good. The amount of talent that's followed him there. You know, they could legit do well in the SEC next year. Yeah, it could be a real good Got Austin Stockner, didn't he, as well? The Titan from Oklahoma. They got him in there. Um, I think one of his receivers has just upped and followed him as well. Um, yeah, they're, they're going to have a legit good side next year, and their recruiting class was really good, I think, as part of part of that as well, if anything. So, yeah, they're going to be damn good. But we'll, we'll, we'll start focusing on the college teams for next year over the summer. It's going to be a lot of good stuff to go through there. So that rolls out the 21st. Then we're just left with yesterday, March 22nd, few days on show here, and I've already mentioned it, so we'll go straight into him because he's making all the news at the minute. Liberty, Malik Willis, we sent Lance Newmark, the director of player personnel, there to see him. No GM, no offensive coordinator, but I mean, he still holds a pretty significant position within the organisation, so, you know, I wouldn't read too much into that but I mean I think they said he made was it 52 of his 58 throws three were drops two were overthrown but for him a pretty decent day he made some good long throws but they have to be put into perspective they're not under pressure the receiver's not under pressure he is able to make them but he made them and you know the hype train the hype train continues he, he certainly did himself no harm with his showing yesterday no, he looked he looked pumped up. He looked excited. Like I say, he looked good, short range. He he did everything you asked of him, like, and more he could have done. Like there was the odd overthrow, which was probably the hands on it in the arm. Because like I say there was a lot of people there. Like I say, but he looked very relaxed. He looked very he looked happy with his body work. Didn't need to run a forty. Didn't need to do any of that because you already know how athletic he is. There's no questions about his athleticism. Or his game readiness or his competitiveness. It's just the arm. I say it's the accuracy. I say it's the deep ball when he's on the pocket on the run and he showed flashes of everything. And that's why everyone got really, really excited. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's it's only trouble though. QB it's the premium position, so easiest position to get excited about that I guess. So yeah. Um hey ho. I, I'm maybe, maybe we should have been paying attention more to the receiver. <laughs> 
Yeah, I don't know who he was throwing to, but I mean... Trey Turner, that was the one that drove all the way back to Virginia. Oh, of course he was, wasn't he? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Props to Trey Turner. He's, In fact, you know, Trey's probably in the conversation. Dan asked us earlier about the late round picks if we're not going for someone early. I guess Trey Turner's in that conversation as well. I mean, not the greatest rec- not the greatest QB to work with in Braxton Burmeister in uh, Virginia Tech. So, you know, hang on. Am I getting right or is he... Is he Virginia? No, Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech. Yeah. yeah, I'm getting it right. Yeah, so, yeah. Virginia is Brennan Armstrong. Yeah, so, you know, good for him that he was able to get a good QB behind him. So, he's in that conversation as well. So, Liberty was the big one in terms of quarterbacks, but still a few other ones on. So, Iowa State, Lions were at Iowa State, and Iowa State had a really good pro day on the whole. I know... Asher's new favourite tight end in the world, Charlie Kohler. Charlie Kohler. He had a really good day. Um, I mean, you just had to look at his drills. I mean, he catches a ball so effortlessly. He makes it look easy. And, you know, he ran a 467 in the 40-yard dash, which is perfectly respectable for a tight end there. And I think he's he's really solidified himself in that top group of tight ends. Uh, for the draft, hasn't he? I mean, he he just looks so good. Pass catching, yeah. so smooth. He blocks. He does what you need him to do, and he's 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 improving very fast. Yeah, I think he's doing himself the world of good. I did not expect him to be that fast. He's nearly six foot seven. Like I say, he has got a huge catch radius. You look at him, and he's very impressive. Like I say, I think. I think he's probably got the edge over the likes of Cole Turner right now. You could make a case that Charlie Cole is probably tight end two or three, probably in this class. I think he's someone we may really look at because I think he will be there in those middle rounds if we do get an extra pick. Like say, I would absolutely be fine with like a Charlie Cole, like saying like round four if he falls that far. Like I say, I would absolutely bring him in. Like I say, Chase Allen, the other tight end there that's probably lesser known, but. He was really good in blocking drills, apparently. He's a really nice blocker, whereas Cole complements him really well in the receiving game. So, solid pair. It's it's amazing how bad Iowa State was this year because they're so talented. Exactly, and it showed because, I mean, you know, you, you mentioned the two tight ends there who did really well, but, I mean, Brees Hall, who got mocked to us 34 in a mock draft last week, which drove us all insane. He just looks so damn good. He's probably running back one. Oh, he's got to be running back one, hasn't he? He had a he wonderful pro day. And so did yeah, he. Won- Sorry, I think he ran a 4.63, but he's a big back. Mm. He is a big physical dominating back. So people are trying to bash his 40. Like, he ain't built for speed, but he's got soft hands. He's got nice, nice soft touch. Everything that comes in cradles it in and just, just got a nose for the end zone. Like you only have to look at how well he did, the records he set. I think he's going to be going in the first round. Definitely the first back taken. Put it this way, if that bruiser's running at me at a 460 speed, I'm I'm not saying, oh, that's not no good. He's going to absolutely clean me out. <laughs> There'd be plenty of NFL defensive linemen he could clean out with that speed as well. Um, yeah, I don't think that's any issue for him at all. And, you know, the day just across the board, they were even brought Purdy looked good. And Apparently he's good, yeah. I feel dirty saying that but you know he, he, he had a really good pro day as well so Iowa State really knocked it out of the ballpark and we were there to watch it all so yeah I, I'm a, with you I think Kohler's on the list I, I have my tight end list as Trey McBride Charlie Kohler, Isaiah Lightly 
maybe in that order. Maybe Lightly will go first because of the receiving threat. But Trey's going too early to take a tight end. Isaiah's not the blocking threat that we need. Cola's the option. Just remains to be seen if someone takes him too early for what we really want to take for a tight end. Um, C. Perry is in the chat. He says, what up, though? What up to you, sir? Thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. Man goes, am I the only one who likes the hard-tackling smoke Monday to be taken with perhaps Golladay's comp pick? And Craig Ferguson joins in saying, I like smoke a lot as well. Now, I mean, we do like smoke Monday as well over the cross the board. I mean, Golladay's comp pick's, what, 97? I d yeah. It, uh, do, He's inconsistent, my initial, but I my, like him. My initial thought is that's maybe just a little too high for what I'd like to take him at. I'd like to get him a little bit later, but I wouldn't be disappointed. I mean, what about you? He's limited athletically, and he's had the odd injury, but I think as a tackling, as a strong safety, which I think I'd probably put him at, like you say, he's, he's pretty sound, but yeah, he's had his issues. He worked out fairly well. Like I say, he looks okay, but yeah, he's he's. I've seen missed tackles and things I don't like in the past, but I think he can brush that up. Like yeah. I say, I think yeah. it's a it's a hard class to be a safety in this year. Yeah, I think, you know, he can certainly be coached. I just feel like the comp picks may be a little too high for my own preferential taste. Maybe 20, 30 spots later, I'd be a lot more comfortable taking him there. I, I want us to double dip at safety if he's the second safety and we double dip I'm fine with that so yeah I do like smoke as well just gotta just gotta coach him up a little bit let me just check I've not missed anything on Twitch uh, no they're talking about Tyreek Hill that trade is ridiculous five picks for Tyreek Hill Devontae Adams got two just as a quick aside the Packers got fleeced in that deal didn't they I think they could have held out for more. They they rushed, but I suppose they were backed into a corner. Like they said, they weren't going to play on the tag. There was only so long they had to do it, get it done. Yeah, yeah I suppose you weigh up what's like. Say, what would you rather have a first and a second or first? That second was it? Is it two fourths and a sixth, and which kind of yeah. e they kind of equal a third. Yeah. So it's like a first and a second, and a first, second, and a third. So, like I say, I think it's the money he's got is ridiculous. Like I say, I. I would not have been going to the Jets instead of getting like 21.75 million. I would have yeah. not been catching passes from Zach Wilson for more money than that. No. I'd have kept that money and just played Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Um, Chrome's in on the smoke. Monday Love as well. He likes smoke. He's a big hitter. Ah, Death Fan Man actually raises a good point. Um, he says it's just we don't pick again after 97 until 177. So... Ooh, I guess that does raise an intriguing question as to whether you're going to reach at that pick a little bit. I guess unless we can trade back and get it, was it five picks before then, and then five picks after 177. So, with that in mind, would you reach for Smoke at 97 then? Because we're not going to get him at 177. If I have to, yeah. I would like to get an extra pick somewhere in that gap. Yeah, yeah, I'd agreed. If we can shift 32 or 34 and get a pick or two in there, that would be a very ideal situation. But yeah, that, that's actually a good point, Detfam. I, I might reach for him there, depending on where we've gone beforehand. Like I say, a lot depends on how this draft falls and where we uh, 
where we go at. Chrome says, I can't wa wait to watch Smith and the Vikings play the Packers. Well, I can, because we've got to face Daniil Hunter and Darius Smith next year. I think our tackles are up to it, but I'd, I'd rather not. I'd rather they not be together as a pair, quite frankly, but hey-ho. Tis what it is. Um, right, so we had Iowa State, we had Liberty from yesterday, Nebraska. So, Nebraska was a big one yesterday. I know we were definitely there for that, and Nebraska has a lot of... It belies it, because you look at the Big Ten last year, you think Nebraska weren't that good a team, but they've actually got quite a lot of draftable talent this year on both sides of the ball. So, obviously, on the offensive side, you've got Austin Allen, the big seven-foot tight end, who's just... He makes me look fucking small. And then you've got Samori Torre, who's, you know, was a big favourite of yours. And then on the backside, you've got Cam Taylor-Britt in there. You know, you've, you've got some good players on here. And again, this was another one yesterday where pretty much everyone had a really good day. And I'm so, so intrigued by Austin Allen as a prospect there at tight end. He's just that big. You can teach him to block. You can teach him to... You, you know, he's a good pass catcher. But, you know, did anyone stand out from you from that Nebraska side? Because like I say, it belies how they played last year, the amount of talent that is available in the draft from them. Well, I did say Jojo Deman should move back to safety and he didn't do any linebacker drills. He only worked out with the defensive backs, which I think is very telling that his future in the NFL is not linebacker. Like I said, he worked out at the combine. He was not very good. He was not very fast or athletic and he was only like six foot one. So I think that tells you maybe he knows that a change is coming. As you mentioned, I love Samari Torre. Apparently, fantastic. He caught pretty much everything that came his way, even stuff that was off target. Apparently, he clocked in unofficial low four falls. He's big. He's explosive. He tracks the ball really well. Apparently, he was one of the probably the standouts of the whole thing. And he is very little known. But I'd say after rounds three, four, he's going to be someone that could be a fast riser. He's another one to put in that group. He could go surprisingly early to say he's got a quite a small pedigree but no it was another good class to Cambrit Taylor like I say he was at the senior bowl a lot of people like him I say he looked pretty good flips his hips really nicely and uh, impress and drill so not to mention no one caught anything against Cambrit Taylor either like I say he had a pretty perfect day so like I say for a team that like without being rude Nebraska they suck they're gonna have another good draft class like I say, I can't wait to see them in August as well when they come over here to Ireland. Like I say, they, they should be fun to watch. Like I say, because they're doing really good stuff off the field, on the field, even if results don't go their way. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Like I say, they're losing a lot of talent. They weren't the greatest last year, so it's going to be intriguing to see how they are next year. But uh, to be honest, I, I, I could draft two or three players from this side and be quite comfortable. You know, Torre is... Another one, again, of those late-round guys who... Well, not... I don't know. Where would you grade Torre at the minute? If you were going to draft him, where would you grade him? Uh, he's had maybe a, the fall. Somewhere yeah. at the fall. Yeah. So, in response to Dan again earlier, I suppose Samori Torre's up there as the list of prospects you want at wide receiver if you don't go early and you go later. He's going to be a hell of a... hell of a player, I reckon. So, Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, do, 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 do. Dan says in the Twitch chat, looks like there will be a lot of third compensatory picks going around next year for Kansas City and Green Bay. I guess it depends who they sign. They've signed a few people in uh, 
in lieu of it, and obviously they signed the Chiefs signed Juju. Oh, that that was funny. Did you see that? Valdez Scantling's gone there today, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we'll replace Tyree like, Kill with like, Marcus like, Valdez Scantling." It's just like no, 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 no. In no world, anywhere, in any parallel universe, does Marquez Valdez Scantling replace Tyree Kill? I'm sorry, Chiefs fans, but they're lying to you. They are absolutely lying to you. Um, Jesus, there were a lot of good pro days yesterday. So, another quick one, uh, staying in the Big Ten. Rutgers, only guy worth mention there, Bo Melton. We had him on our senior ball squad. I put on Twitter that we didn't go because I saw from three... We didn't, no. I saw, I saw we didn't go. No, well, I saw from three separate sources we didn't, but I got quote tweeted on Twitter earlier, and this guy, um, I can't remember his name now, or what was it, uh, Richard Schinderite, I think he's a journalist or something out there, he sent us a picture, and there is actually a Lion Scout there, so we were lied to, and it, it was a very good spot, I don't know why a random journalist over there was looking at our tweet about it, but he was, and he sent a picture in, so we were looking at Bo Melton, had a decent day, but not really much to add apart from that. Rutgers were really bad last year and they didn't have a lot going for them. Um, so, yeah, we'll move on from that one. There were still quite a few more. So, where were we at? Oh, God. I have to keep going. San Diego these. State. San Diego State. So, you know what? Actually, I've not seen the results of this, so you can maybe enlighten me. But San Diego State, obviously. Daniel Bellinger, the tight end. Um, obviously, we're it's in the tight end market. Yep. And then, obviously... Mine and yours favourite edge player, Cameron Thomas, was on show as well. I think Bellinger's done himself no end of good in this postseason, hasn't he? He's, he's really put himself up there as a top tight end option. Yeah, he, he can block, he can receive, he can do a little bit of everything. And he's super athletic, got a really good build. I think he's going to be one of those really sneaky picks that finds his way into a team and manages to increase his snap count pretty quickly. Like I said, I would not be opposed in the late rounds to sending a flyer on him as a tight end too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's another one who's in that conversation. Another one we had at the senior bowl. So, yeah, it was good that he had a great day. And I believe, for the most part, Cameron Thomas did as well. Uh, Texas A&M also yesterday. Actually, Lions player went there. Josh Reynolds was on hand. His brother, and forgive me, I can't remember his name. I think his brother was coming from a smaller school around there to train with them. He was on hand to cheer on his brother. There were Lions scouts on hand there as well. Obviously, you know, Texas A&M, potentially a lot going on there for them this year, but ooh, I don't know what they put, I don't know what they put on their 40 track. They must have put some treacle on there or they must have put some sort of, you know, washing up liquid so they slipped everywhere. But, I mean, Kenyon Green, what a fall from grace he's had. I mean, he was like a top six pick talk during the season. And now he's potentially out the first round. He ran a 5-2-5 in his 40. That was, that was bad. All of them. Like say five guys, no one ran above a four, below four sixty. Jalen Widemeyer, people think he may not get drafted at all. Like bad tape, rough season, and a dreadful workout. Leon O'Neill, the safety, Demarvin Leal. I, I I said about Demarvin Leal. We looked at those in two defensive linemen. Like say, I ain't touching the dude. He did not did not look good. No one looked good. Like I said they weren't running forty yards. Like they were running forty hectares. 
they were that slow. Like it was not good. I'd say no one jumped above thirty five inches. See Isaiah Spiller, he's not that big a back, so I thought four sixty three is kinda slow. He's not a big he's not like Brees Hall. He ain't built like him. He should be running faster than that. So I think you gotta prepare yourselves for a, a rough draft. I don't think they're gonna have that good a draft. No, no, agreed. Some sliders here. Leal and Green were top 10 picks at one point, and now for neither of them to be considered really a first-round guy, they have really dropped down the rankings. Uh, Detfan Mangos, but again, we don't have a fourth-round pick. I think that's in reference to our Samori Torre talk. Yeah, you're right, Detfan Man, just, just let us dream. I think we're going to trade down and we're going to get a pick in there. I think we need to. Um, C. Perry goes, the top 10 this year is overvalued. Picks 20 through 70 is where the value is. I can kind of get on board with that. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I'd love a load. I'd love a smorgasbord of picks between 20 and 70 because there is a lot of talent in there. I think there are a few guys in the top 10, Hamilton, etc., who are worth it. But I agree, there's a lot of values to be had in rounds two or three, and I'm glad we have extra picks in there and one at the end of the first as well. So, yeah, I'm 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 very glad that we do have that in there. Um, the other one that I wanted to mention, Mississippi State. We were there as well. Obviously, they have their own offensive tackle on show, Charles Cross. He's a top 10 predicted guy. And also their wide receiver, Mackay Polk. Now, he's he's a really intriguing day three option to have on there. He had a rough sort of athletic workout there. But then when it came to the drills, his route running, his catching, he looked pretty damn good. Um and I would all be on board with him if we're going to get a developmental receiver later on. Don't think we're going to do so, but I mean, Charles Cross looked amazing. Um, he's he's probably going to go top ten, and rightly so. Isn't Polk one of those elite returners as well? Yeah, one he fantastic in college and special teams. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like Velas Jones. Um, obviously, Ve- Velas returned for a hell of a lot more but Polk's in there as a special teamer as well he played really well so you know it was again good to see that go on good to see us there able to uh, take it take it in as we were and then oh god uh, finishing off yesterday Virginia Tech so obviously you know a uh, bit of a Trey Turner went back finished off with Virginia Tech. so you have is, 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 is he re- he's in is he is he declared yeah, uh, Panthers at the pro day. Oh, he missed his. James Mitchell was the guy at the start of this college season that I singled out as the blocking tight end for us in the draft this year, but then he got injured really early on and missed the entire season. Um, I'd be surprised if, unless he's run out of eligibility, but I'd be surprised otherwise. He's a damn good blocking tight end on his day, though. Um, the other guys you had there, you have Lesseter Smith, the offensive guard. I've seen him mentioned a few times with us a bit later on in the draft. You've got cornerback Jermaine Waller, Waller. yeah, the cornerback. And then obviously you got the edge, Amari Barno, who had a really good day as well. He's, again, another one of these edges who's been pushed right down the pecking order. Obviously, I, Barno's a development project, but you know you look at his tape and he's got all the intangibles you want to work with as an edge rusher, and you know could provide fantastic value a little bit further down the draft. And he had a really good workout. So again, this Virginia Tech for how inconsistent they were. Again, there's a lot of talent to be had there. Yeah, I think he sat on Amari Barno sat on his combine stats, which. Don't surprise me. He ran a 4.37. 
like you say, and he's a big, hefty guy, like you say, I was pretty amazed. And Trey Turner, he looked really smooth with Malik Willis and without him. Like I say, he's a he's a bit of a smaller build, but he's nippy, he's athletic. Like I say, he can kind of do it all, work from inside to work out. It's like I said, they had a good offense at Virginia Tech. When it kind of hummed, which wasn't very often because of the quarterback situation, but there's certainly weapons there. So there's guys there that are going to be a good late round pickups. Like I say, James Mitchell. I think if you look past the injury, everything like I say, you're probably going to get a good blocking late round tight end if he does if he does end of the draft. Oh, I'd be all up for getting him if he's like sixth, seventh undrafted free age. I'd be all up for taking a chance on him. I really like the look of him at the start. Just freak injury. Unfortunately, derailed his season, but otherwise I'd still probably be championing him to come here. Um, right, in terms of the Pro Days Fiesta, I think that was everything. I think I've got through just about everybody. There was a hell of a lot. I can't see us where we went anywhere else. So that about wraps up this week's chat about Pro Days. Obviously, there's ones going on today, but all the headlines have not come out about these yet. Um, who was on today's schedule? There's Bryant, Delaware, Weber State. Nothing to go on there. Travis Jones. Travis Jones. Is, yeah, Travis Jones is working out at UConn, the defensive tackle who I absolutely love the hell out of. I do know the Lions were there for that, and I do know he had a good day. They were putting up uh, pictures of him in drills, and the guy just moves. I said this on the show the other week when we were doing about defensive tackles. He moves like a linebacker but he's built like a truck and he's great when it comes to stopping the run and with his ability as well. I mean, you can even drop him into coverage, do some work with him there. He just moves that smoothly. Uh, Georgia State was today. I put North Dakota State was, but apparently that is tomorrow. However, South Dakota State did work out today. That's Pierre Strong Jr. and Chris Oladokun, the quarterback. James Madison, Ohio State with all their guys. Um, USC? Oh, is USC's today? They must have moved. So USC's looks like it's today. UTSA's is today. That's Spencer Burford, Sincere McCormack and Tariq Woolen. I could draft Burford and Woolen quite happily. And then Virginia was today. Jelani Woods, the tight end. And then Utah Joe State. Joe Blount, that's it. One of my safety studs. Yeah. Virginia. Oh, God, yeah, he is, isn't he? I didn't put him on it. Mind you, I've got that many things on there. But, yeah, he's on there. I've not been able to do, so we'll update this next week. And then Utah State and Temple, as well, were today. Um, so maybe we'll just have a little look through what's coming up in this week, anyone we're keeping our eyes on. I know Ash asked us a question in relation to this. Where are we? Um, he says, you're the front office. Who are you sending to which pro days this week? So let me get the list up. So with all the pro days we've done so far, we'll go on. We'll just have a little look at what's coming up before we sign off for today. So obviously, today is the 23rd. Tomorrow, the 24th. Ooh, there are some very tasty ones tomorrow. So tomorrow, Brown. So that is quarterback EJ Perry, who I've mentioned as a quarterback development project for a very, very long time now. He's going to be on show. Cincinnati, obviously... Desmond Ridder is coming from there. Source Gardner is coming from there. Fresno State. I don't know who they're sending this year. I know it's... Oh, hang on. Is Hayner declared? I know Hayner's going no, back, isn't he? went back to... Back. Hayner's going back. Uh, Memphis is tomorrow. That is a wide receiver. That's Calvin Austin the third, who's getting a lot, a lot of love at the moment. 
lot of people thinking the Chiefs might go after him to try and replace Tyreek Hill. North Dakota State, that's Christian Watson. And their offensive lineman, what's he called? Colvin Goldson, is it, or something like that? I can't They've remember. They've got Matt and uh, some as yeah. well. They've got two offensive linemen, yeah. Yeah, North Dakota State have a lot going on there. Oklahoma State, Penn State, obviously Penn State. Oh, they're stocked full of talent this year. Jahan Dotson. Uh, Tariq Castro, Fields, uh, the linebacker, Yaquan Brisker, uh, the linebacker, Bren, is it Braden Johnson? I keep getting it mixed up. Um, Brand, Brandon, Brandon Johnson. Oh. Am I thinking right? Brandon, I don't know, I'm getting mixed up here. Smith. Brandon, Brandon Smith. Smith. Yeah, Brandon Smith. There we go, got that one. SMU, <laughs> so they've got the wide receiver pair, Reggie Roberson and Danny Gray. And then the Utah Utes are on as well. Obviously, that is Devin Lloyd. Uh, the Devin Lloyd show there. Nephi Sewell will be there as Britain well. Covey. Britain Covey will be there. Um, Jesus, there's a lot on tomorrow. So asking Ash's question, who who would you send where tomorrow? Uh, I think I'd send someone defensive definitely to Penn State. I'll probably send Kelvin Shepard if he wants to go. He can go run their drills too with their defenders. <laughs> to be honest, I'd send Aubrey Pleasant there as well. Brisker and Caristro. Castro I think Fields I'd send, and Brisker, I'd send Pleasant. I'd send Brunel to Ridder. Let's go get a good look at Desmond Ridder because he's going to be there at 32 or 34 if they're thinking about it. I think he needs a good pro day. Yeah, yeah, I agree there. Um, although I would send someone to watch EJ Perry. I just, I just, there's something about him I like. I, 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 I can't lie. Um, so, then, all right, so, receivers coach. So, where where would you be sending our receivers coach? Would you send him to Memphis? Or would you send you. him to, you would, yeah, I thought so. <laughs> oh, I know SMU, what we're getting yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think I know what we're getting with Christian Watson. I think I'd send the someone for the offensive line to North Dakota State because they've yeah. got some big offensive linemen. Agreed. I, I agree there. I mean, I'd send Kelvin Shepard to Utah, to be fair. I just wanted to get as much Devin Lloyd in the system as absolutely possible. And obviously, Nephi's there. I don't. I know we're not so sold on Nephi this year. He's probably going to be around seven linebacker, but he's a linebacker nonetheless, so... I'd have my I'd have my linebacking coach there, or yeah, I'd send I'd send the secondary coach to Penn State. I'd send the linebacker coach to Utah. I'd send the wide receiver coach to SMU. I I agree there. Um, would you send the big cheese out anywhere? Would you send Brad Holmes anywhere? <laughs> Do you know what he can go Cincinnati too? Because I've seen us been mocked with Kobe Bryant before as well, and Alec Pierce, the receiver. Yeah. So we've got to send sort of Cincinnati actually, yeah. That's true. I think I'd send um, I think I'll send Big Cheese to Cincinnati. Some high profile names there. Mm, absolutely. I might send Dan Campbell to Penn State as well, just their defenders are absolutely in his making. So yeah, one to keep an eye on for tomorrow, March twenty fourth. A lot, a lot of guys on there. Let me just check off the one that I haven't missed anyone else out. Um old oh, apparently old Miss are on there. Did old Miss not work out today? Have you seen anything? It did, yeah, Mississippi. No, I ain't seen it. I oh, don't know what Corral did or if it's happened yet. It was Mississippi State today. Oh, I don't know. 
these uh, some of these are on so old miss if corral's i, I think corral's worked out i so. think corral today yeah 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 we've missed that right okay um 25th which is friday what are we on i'm losing days friday so we've got boston college byu culver stockton missouri missouri western Notre Dame and TCU. <laughs> I tell you what, the first thing I'm sending Aaron Glenn and Aubrey Pleasant to Notre Dame, first class, and I'm keeping them there. I don't know many of the reasons to send anyone anywhere else, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> I think I'd better <laughs> just send everyone to Notre Dame. Boston College don't have anyone interest me. We're not going to be taking Zion Johnson. Uh, I don't... They had a receiver, but I think he's returning. BYU... Uh, do you want to go look at Tyler Allegier? Maybe send Deuce there, see what's see what's going mm. on. But I mean, see you. I don't think they're sending anyone big this year. No, I'm sending the house to watch Kyle Hamilton. I want as many people. I hope Brad Holmes goes. I want Brad Holmes there, Aubrey Pleasant there, Aaron Glenn there, Dan Campbell there. I want the whole damn lot of them to go and watch him, and I want them to stay there until they convince themselves that he's the guy at number two. I'm not going to lie, very biased, but hey ho. Uh, TC, I've got TC, who are TC, are TCU sending anyone out this year? I'm just no. trying to think now. No, they're not. not really. But they're a decent side. They probably will in recent years. But yeah, I agree. A quiet day there. Go and uh, go and enjoy the time at Notre Dame and get to know Kyle Hamilton as well as you can. Um, and then the weekend comes, and then before we go on air next week, it'll be Monday and Tuesday. So on the Monday, we have Air Force Florida. Florida A&M, yes, Idaho, North Carolina, Sam Houston State, and Washington State. So, intriguing mix here. So, Florida A&M is... Marquise Bell yeah. for safety. Yeah. Send you, sending Glenn Anson in there. Pleasant, I think. Uh, he, he looks like a, a proper stud. He's huge. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I fully agree with that one there. Um... UNC. We know where Brunel's going, don't we? We know where Brunel's going. Brunel will go to UNC to watch Sam Howell. That's where I'd send him anyhow. I really like Sam Howell. And, you know, if he drops far enough, I want to go there for him. Sam Houston. Now, I feel bad here because I'm forgetting the obvious one, but Sam Houston has a very obvious target to go for, don't they? Jaquez Ezard? Is it Ezard who's there? The receiver? Yeah. It's Jaquez Ezard, isn't it? I think so, yeah. I'd like us to take a look. No, who am I thinking of from Sam Houston State this year? This one. Oh, the corner. Yeah. What's the corner? You remember? Zion McCollum. Zion McCollum, there we go. I was forgetting that one entirely. Zion McCollum's going to be... Yeah, split the defensive coaches. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I split them between. I want Zion McCollum to get a good look over there. Um, in the chat, Chrome goes, yeah, it finished an hour ago. For a minute, I panicked and I thought you meant our stream and that we'd just gone off air. But then I realised he was talking about um, old Mrs. Pro Day. So I'll be interested to have a look up on that one there. Oh, my man, Lions Rumble 81 is in the building. What up, Doe? Good, sir. I hope you are doing well. He says, what up, Doe? Roar of the Lions UK. Roaring in Vegas. I'd oh, love to be there about feel, right now. So I feel like Corral probably didn't do anything. It, it won't surprise me if he didn't do anything he at all. He needs to, though, doesn't he? He's not done... He said he was saving himself, so he, he must have had to, but I, I don't know. Um, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. Um, Chrome makes a good point. Vegas has us taking Hamilton. 
Lions, are you are you fixing the uh, odds out there, Lions Rumble? If you are, good man. We need everyone plus to three hundred, <laughs> plus eight hundred, something like that. Yeah, isn't he's the, the favourite too. That, that's three to one in our money, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Three to one, so they're pretty decent, pretty decent odds there. Um, Lions Rumble goes. Hope Vegas is right. I hope Vegas is right as well. Chrome goes Hamilton would be a major upgrade. Of course, he would be. Would absolutely love to see him here. Uh, Florida, the Gators. Now, obviously, I'm not thinking the Gators are sending much out. Obviously, this Damone Pierce, Damian Pierce. We had him on the senior bowl squad. Not sure how yeah. much interest we're going to take there, though, in terms of sending coaches and that out there. So, yeah, I agree with you. The defensive coaches, you'd split out for that one. Um, and then Washington State. Now you're Pac-12. Washington. They've got State. some offensive linemen, I think. I think they've got a decent line. Yeah. So they've got one high profile. I can't remember his name as a tackle there. Yeah. So maybe, uh, maybe send old, uh, old old line coach out there, Hank. Give him a give him a trip across country and see what's going on there. And then I'll finish it off on the 29th, cause by the 30th. We'll be on air again and we'll not know. So on the 29th, on the Tuesday, you've got Fayetteville State, Florida State, Louisville, North Carolina State, Purdue, Washington, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Now, this is an interesting slate. So obviously Florida State, you've got Jermaine on his own out there. Really getting some talk about being a top 10 pick this year. So potentially, potentially at two, I've even seen in some very... Very far out scenarios. Uh, Purdue, my favourite edge in the entire draft. George Karlaftis is there. You've also got David Bell who will be working out. I would kind of like to hope they send a good a good following to Purdue to see them. And then um, Washington. Who am I thinking of from yeah, Washington? Washington have they've got Corners. They've got Cole Otten. They've got a tackle in Jackson Kirkland. Yeah. They're stacked to Washington. A lot of potential good there, although the is it the corners who it's um, McDuffie, isn't it? There's McDuffie, and Kyler Gordon, and Kyler Gordon. Who I think they both need great days because they've been slipping as small. They're small. Mm, they've been slipping as of late, and then Wyoming's obviously Chad Moomer. So I mean, Chad Moomer gets a lot of love from Lions fans, especially when it comes to their mock drafts. West Virginia, there's a few guys as well. How do you divvy out your staff for this one? It's obviously defensive prospects all over. You've got edges at Florida State and Purdue, linebacker at Wyoming. I mean, I'd like to think maybe Kelvin will go and take a look at Chad Yeah, Moomer. I'll just send Kelvin. Yeah. I'd send the rest of the defensive staff all to Washington. But Fayetteville State, they've got that HBCU star safety cornerback. I can't remember his name, got, but he worked out incredibly well. They've got the edge as well. Um, there's a really good edge player, Fayette. Fayetteville State are one of those HBCU colleges who've got a lot of talent this year. I think um, I'd send some like I might send Spielman there or one of the executives. Yeah, I would like to. I'm trying to think. I think his name's Hughes or something like that. I can't remember his name. It's with the HBCU stuff we did, but they oh, it begins with a K. No, it begins with a K. What is it? No, I'm gonna be thinking. Anyhow, yeah, I agree. There's a lot to like here. It's really Florida State, I'm not bothered. I'm actually not that bothered. We've right. seen Jermaine. We've seen him at uh, Senior Bowl week. So, you know, you fig kind of figure that, you know, I'd, uh, I'd, yeah, you've seen it, haven't you? And because there's only one player there and there's a lot more out there, you'd you want to send your assets elsewhere, wouldn't you? Plus, I don't think we're really in play for him. No, 
I think he's going to go in that middle group where we can't uh, we can't get him. Um, Lions Rumble goes shush, Anthony. Don't tell everyone. Sorry. Just keep fighting the good fight, Rumble. Keep fighting it. I see you on Luke's show fighting the good fight against all these Michigan propagandists. And, you know, I really respect you for going on there. Putting forward the right view. Uh, Bill Collier has joined in as well. Glad to have you on with us, sir. He goes, been watching. We are trading the second pick, Roar of the Lions UK. I have no issues with that as long as it's not too far down the draft. You know, I would be quite how, quite happy with that. Um, Dango, thanks so much. That was a ton. Matt Corral today. Yes, Matt Corral is today. Remains to be seen how uh, how he's got on, but be interested to have a look afterwards. Probably the first thing I do when we're done here. Um, right. I mean, I guess we can do March the 30th. It'll be next Wednesday. So we got Alabama, Baylor, Colorado still. Oh my God, this is a busy day. Colorado State, Florida International, Maryland, Miami, Tennessee, and Wake Forest. Well, I know you're already sending the kicking coach if we've got one to special teams to Wake Forest. <laughs> yeah, we don't even see Nick Skiba. Uh, oh, would you not? If you've got the opportunity to draft Nick Skiba, would you not no. have him above no. Patterson? Oh, wow. No, I can't, you have... can't warrant drafting a kicker now. Or oh, even if he's undrafted? If he's undrafted, yeah, bring him in. I think he'll get scooped up like that undrafted. Good. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I say Patterson's got there. But, yeah, so again, a ton of talent here. So Alabama, obviously, talent coming out the rears every year. You know, we have Brian Robinson, the running back there. Baylor... I mean, good God, where do you start with Baylor? Abram Smith's there if you want a later round running back. Jalen Petra is the big one to look for. I love Jalen Petra. I'd like the secondary's coach to have another look at him. Colorado State, you've got Trey McBride, most complete tight end in this draft. Florida, Inter even Florida International have a... They've got that running back, haven't they? Yeah. Um, we had them on our senior ball team. Yeah, very well remembered. I was trying to think of his name. But yeah, they've got the running back who I really liked. Maryland, they've got Nick Cross and Chigoziem. Oh, God, the tight end. I can't remember his second name. Okonkwu. Chigoziem Okonkwu. They're two really intriguing late-round prospects there. Obviously, you have Miami, Tennessee. Tennessee have some prospects in there as well. I'm just trying to think. They've got a corner and a receiver. Corners, receivers. Miami um, is receivers as well. So, I mean... Uh, Charleston Rambo. Charleston. Yeah. Best, best, best named receiver in the draft. Um, okay, well, finishing off with this one. Where, where would you divvy up your states for this? I'd be sending um, our new tight ends coach to Colorado State for sure. Tanner. Tanner. Eggers. Everyone else can go to Bama and Baylor. Yeah. And then, yeah. I'd send. I'm not bored about the rest. I think we'll go to Miami because who don't want to go to Miami this time of year? <laughs> yeah, um, certain receiver by the name of Tyree Kill would love to go there. But yeah, I'd love to see the guys go to Baylor. I'd like to see us go to Maryland. I really like the look of Nick Cross as a safety, a development safety. I'd love to see him there. And Chigozium could maybe be that third tight end later on in the draft. You just never know. So. Yeah, those are the pro days over the next week. Obviously, this time next week, we'll update you on what has gone on there. Um, just go quickly back into the chat. Depth Fan Man says, I'll continue to fly the flag of um, safety at two. By the way, Bleacher Report wrote, five NFL draft picks that are inevitable after 2022 free agency. And number one is Lions take an edge at two. Oh. Well, 
like I say, whoever we pick, I trust Brad Holmes. So I would really, 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 really love it to be the safety. But if it's an edge, so be it. Just as long as it's not a quarterback. <laughs> um, right, so, yeah, that's literally about it. Is there anything else you've got, really, for this week? I know we're just doing pro days, but... No, oh, like you say, it, it's crazy how time flies, just doing pro days. I know, I thought genuinely this was going to be like a one-hour show today. I thought, oh, God, I've, I've not really got much, and, like, oh, we'll be done, we'll go, but... I mean, hell, we've had a lot of people in the chat. And, that. and thank you to everyone in the chat on Twitch and YouTube who has joined us this evening. If you've got any questions before we go off air, then just put them in the chat now because I'm going to filibuster for a minute before we do eventually go. I mean, just I'm, I'm really looking forward to the draft now. I'm ready for it to be here. I know, I know you are as well, but it's, just, it's exciting times really, isn't it? After last year's such a successful draft, I mean, for years we've been like thinking, oh, God. What's Bob Quinn gonna do next? Which he thinks the rest of the league is cleverer than that. But now we're like we've got a genuine guy, and I'm genuinely excited. Yeah, I wasn't excited for last year's draft. I didn't care picking at like seven because it didn't really mean anything. Like I knew we were gonna get a great player, but we weren't big player. But two first rounders this year, we are a big player this year. Like I say we're gonna hold some cards, and we're gonna we're gonna do some deals. So I think this is gonna be an exciting draft class. Last year was very safe and it turned out well. This year, I think they're going to be a bit more flashy. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm really looking forward to what they're doing. I think they're going to be aggressive. I think they're going to have... Um, I think they're going to... just. I think they're going to smash it out of the park and I just can't wait. I just can't wait until we're better than the Vikings and the Bears. We're not that far off and I just want to... I just want some success. And I really, genuinely, I'm excited in believing that these are going to be the... Uh, ones who are going to provide it for us. Dan goes, have a great night and weekend, and Rye and Hank, thank you ever so much, Dan. We love having you on with us. Uh, Big Aries gives us a question, actually. He says, what's your meal of choice while you're watching the draft? Oh. oh. See, this is, this is a tough one, because, Big Aries, I don't know if you know, we stream during the draft, or we did last year, so we streamed about 20 hours all told. We streamed the entire thing. We have guests on every 15 minutes or so just to come in and lighten the mood so it's not all Lions related. So I didn't have time to eat last year. I don't think I had a draft meal. I think I was like eating beforehand and then we were on air till about 5am in the morning every day. You know, of the first two days. And then I was just like, right, I'm going to beg because I'm shattered. And I had to be up next morning to do the early review show. So I don't know if I have a meal. It'd probably just be no. It's more snacking, like energy bars and coffee and drinks. <laughs> yeah, it's coffee, coffee and beer, coffee and beer. <laughs> you know what? Debt Fan Man brings up a really good one. He goes, "The meal of choice is kneecaps." Yes, sir. It is kneecaps. I will go for kneecaps. But aside from that, I'd probably go beer. I'd probably go coffee. And but speaking of, I'm going to plug it while we're here. We are planning to do the same this year we will be streaming during the draft like I say we have lots of fun guests on we do a lot of british podcasts actually so you can meet some of the other brits over here and get their views on what the draft's happening we have some other guys on we had roger goodgroves on who's like the nfl officiating for referees or he was for a long time me and him had a big argument last year about how the refs screw us all the time and he says they didn't and i didn't like that so 
that was really fun, actually. So I'm looking forward to seeing if we can get more of those guests on. I believe we've got some of the Brad of Detroit guys possibly coming on and bits and bobs, but we're sorting that out. So if you want to come and join us on Draft Weekend, we'd absolutely love that. We're just here for a chat, a beer, and we have a good time. So yeah, do appreciate that and appreciate you, Big Aries, for coming on uh, on Twitch tonight and riding with us. We really do love it. He goes, caffeine is a food group to get you through a late night. Yes, absolutely. I'd agree. Coffee is food. Coffee gets you through it. Coffee and beer. Hops and caffeine. That's mine. I think I go for that. Anyhow, probably filibustered a little bit too long now. Um, Chrome goes, again, don't worry, Holmes not taking a quarterback. Thank you for the reassurances, Chrome. Me and Ryan feel better. We do, because we really don't want to draft one. Deathfanman goes, great show here, gents. Truly enjoyed. Let's get Hank another appearance. Let's get Hank another appearance. Uh, is Hank there, or is he asleep? He's probably asleep on my bed. He's probably got oh, fed up with me. No, well, you'll... Uh... <laughs> oh, it's a shame. He's asleep, Deathfanman, but rest assured, he will be back on with us next week. Um, he goes, also, I don't remember having this many possible selections at two. The mystery and suspense is fantastic. It is. It's just not when it comes to mock drafts. It's not until your favourite players. It's terrible. I just, I want my guy. I want Hamilton. I don't want any of these other nine. But yeah, it's you got. Brad Holmes must be having a great headache in the war room though, when it comes to making this pick. I'd imagine this has given him some sleepless nights as to what he does. No, I feel like they've narrowed it down to a few people already. I feel like they know who they want. Like depending on what happens at one. I think they've got, like... Uh, all right, all right. Before, remember before the we... Simpsons movie where it says, like, me about the plans? <laughs> all right, well, before we go off air, then, um, who do you reckon the top three is for them? I think if they take a tackle, I think it'll be Hutchinson, Walker, and Hamilton. That's if Hutchinson doesn't go one. Ooh. I think if Hutchinson goes one, then you replace him with Thibodeau. I don't know. See, I I agree. I think Hutch is the number one on the board, possibly. But then it would be Hamilton if Hutch goes. And if they don't want to take the save, the, it would be... Uh, I don't know. Willis? Willis? I think they'd take Hamilton over Willis. I do. I think he's the more complete prospect, but I don't know. It's... Again, he might have his three there, but I agree with you. I think Hutch is top, unless he gets drafted, in which case they'll have contingency plans dependent on that. So, yeah, right. Well, if there's nothing else from you, that's that's pretty much everything from us this week. So just in terms of the podcast itself, uh, you'll catch our next main podcast uh, on Monday. Uh, is that the 27th? Four or five days, the 28th of March. We will be discussing the latest of the Lions news, whatever they do. Uh, it's quieting down a little bit at the moment. Um, and we'll be looking at... We're looking at wide receiver prospects next week, aren't we? Um, I know you've got a few guys on there. I'm looking at... Uh, I'm going to be flying the flag for Jalen Tolbert because I feel he's getting hella disrespected at the minute. So um, I'm looking forward to that. I like these shows. They've uh, gone a while, but we do some great good deep diving on there. So, yeah, the next main podcast is on Monday. Come check us out. We will be discussing receiver options. There are many of them. And then in terms of us on the uh, Wednesday, we will be back next week 
we will be updating you on the pro days as they've gone from this week and we will also be introducing you to our draft sleepers I believe so me and Ryan are gonna put together our list of guys who you may not have heard of or might have heard very little of and we're going to explain to you why the Lions should draft them. So that is going to be all fun and games there. So, you know, please do come and join us. Like I say, it's been great having all of you on here with us this evening. Um, this show has gone on a lot longer than I anticipated because we've had you interacting with us. And we absolutely love that. So, yeah. Um, like I say, right, anything else you want to push? Anything before, before we sign off? Or are you all good? No. Just thanks, guys. Like you say, you've added a good... I'd say a good 30 minutes on just in questions alone, which is great. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, it's all part of the fun of it. I've just got to go through the uh, socials then uh, before we go. And I can't remember them. I'm just trying to quickly bring up a planning doc before I do. Oh, God. This is so unprofessional. should have this up and done. I didn't even do a planning doc for today. I've just got a list of notes on the pro days and the times and that. And I didn't even do a thing. Right. So, yeah. In terms of our socials, you can find us all over the internet. On YouTube, you find us at Roar of the Lions UK. Obviously, you're on here already, so you know where we are. Twitch, find us at ROTL underscore UK. Um, if you are on Twitch and you can uh, donate a sub to us, that would be wonderful. If you're on Amazon, you get one as part of Prime. We've had quite a few people who've joined us through that. In fact, we had one the other day. I'll shout out. RAO28 followed us there yesterday. Thank you to you and our own Steve, 0 dot 40 uh, subscribed to us a couple of days ago. And Derek Bobaric, he joined us the other week. He used 50 bits on us. I don't know what bits are in terms of uh, Twitch, but thank you very much. We do really appreciate that. And I say, if you've got a spare sub, we would uh, like it if you'd throw it our way. It means a lot to us. doesn't cost you a thing. On Facebook, our page, you can find us, Roar of the Lions UK. Our group, you find us, Detroit Lions Fans UK, One Pride Worldwide. On Twitter, you can find us at ROTL underscore UK. We're about to hit 2,000, so if you know any Lions fans who aren't following us yet, just give them a nudge. Let's get us over there. We'll be the first Lions page in the UK to hit over 2,000. We are here trying to spread the word of the Pride Worldwide and we are trying our best to do that. You can find us on Instagram, ROTL underscore UK, no underscore, just ROTL UK. Our website, you can find us, www.roarofthelinesuk.com. One of our new writers, John, he just recently released an article um, looking at where the Lions are after free agency. Are we stronger? Are we weaker? It is a very good read. Please do that so. And then keep an eye out because we're going to be releasing all our mock drafts and stuff on there soon as well. So there's a lot there to look at. And then for the socials, we have a Discord. If you want to join us on Discord, just hit us up on Twitter anywhere. We'll give you the link for it. It's really, really active at the minute. A lot of people coming into that, and we appreciate you all for doing that as well. Um, and I think that just about covers it. So, again, thank you to my co-host, Ryan. Thank you to our co-host, Hank, for being very well behaved and providing a lot of entertainment for us on the show. And thank you to every single one of you who's listened to us. Lions Rumble says, see you guys. I'm going to replay the entire stream. Appreciate it, man. You know, the support you give to us is incredible, and we love it. Same to every single one of you who look, you know, who come join us on here honestly means the world to us but until next time we shall see you soon take care and as always one pride one pride <laughs>